This is the Four Man Rush. Panther Nation, what's up? Um, we got we got some folks, um, you know, chiming in, and um, you know, let's, let's talk some Panther football. Um, I mean, I mean, I know, ladies, obviously, uh, Vashti, you've already introduced uh, you and Sheena, but if if you could again, um, you know, just just uh, introduce yourselves one more time, and we'll get started. Okay, um, I'm Vash Tyhert. I am one half of the dynamic duo called Quick Blitz, which is um. A podcast featuring Sheena and I on the Riot Report or the Riot Network. Um, and but I also am founder and editor in chief of Carolina Blitz, which is a site dedicated to covering Carolina sports. So we cover the Panthers, Tar Heels, Duke, NC State. So we are uh, dedicated to Carolina sports and um, in, in a different way, being a, a, a different voice, a fresh voice on that media front. So that's me. Outstanding. Outstanding. Uh, Sheena, would you like to uh, speak about yourself real quick? Well, my name is Sheena Quick. As Vashti said, um, I'm the other half of Quick Blitz. It's basically a merger of my um, company and my site, Quick Out the Blocks, with Carolina Blitz. Um, just like Vashti said, just give you guys a fresh perspective on, you know, and, a, and a, an honest perspective on the things that we see in and around the locker room and games and um, things like that. But um, I also contribute regularly to Fox Sports 1340. I cover the Panthers, of course, the Hornets and NASCAR. I dabble a little bit in NCAA um, with Vashai for, for Carolina Blitz, if there's a city that she can't get to, which, you know, she's kind of all over the place everywhere. <laughs> and I have a bi-weekly sports column on revolttv.com. I'm sorry, revolt.tv called Halftime Report. Uh, it comes out every other Wednesday. There was a column today regarding the NCAA Women's Tournament. And I don't know if you guys have been keeping up with how crazy that has been with their accommodations from the weight room to the food to the swag bags, all the way down to COVID testing and um, them not even being able to use March Madness on any of their signage. Like, I don't know if you guys noticed, but really? you're watching the women's game. It just says NCAA Women's Basketball. There's no March Madness. There's no big dance. There's wow. none of that. So if you guys get a chance, check that out. It's on revolt.tv. It kind of goes into detail with some of the stuff that the women have been going through um, while in San, in San Antonio. But, yep, that's me in a nutshell. Wow. Well, thank you, Sheena. I appreciate you. And, and again, we're so glad you guys are here with us. Um, we're going to have a we have a great conversation about Carolina Panther football, obviously. Um, and you know, let's let's just go ahead and just get started, man. Uh, we'll we'll talk about free agency real quick. Um, and you know, I'll try to moderate that as as, as best I can. <laughs> um, we have three primary topics, uh, twenty minutes each, and we'll you know, we'll, just, we'll just pass the mic around. Um, of course, you know, you guys are guests, so we'll, we'll start with the ladies first, and then we'll uh, we'll head over to Larry, then Monty, um, then Will and Kevin. Okay, um, and yeah, we'll, we'll just we'll just go from there. Um, so free agency, ladies. Um, We've signed quite a few players uh, to 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 the fan, uh, Panthers franchise, and you know if, if you don't mind giving us a, uh, a somewhat somewhat of a summation of what you guys think and how you feel about 
um, the signing so far. Uh, if you want to pick out, pick out a particular player, that's great. Um, just just uh, give us your account. Um, Vashti, uh, if, you, if, you, if you would like to go first, and then uh, Sheena will go to you. Um, well, you know, I mean, if you want my thoughts on the free agents that they've signed, they, they got a couple of linemen early on in free agency, which, you know, I really, I mean, I, I don't know if that makes the line any better. It obviously adds depth, but I do feel like the Panthers got better defensively, um, especially with the signing of Hassan Reddick. Uh, I think that, um, He's going to add, and we were on a conference with him yesterday. Um, he's going to add a, I, I would say, kind of like a, a, a edge. I think the Panthers' defense has an edge, but he's going to add a, a different, uh, an, an additional edge to them. Um, he had a breakout season last year, and I guess during this whole free agency period. I don't know if the iron struck as hot as he thought it would because he kind of mentioned that some people may think that his uh, success last year in um, Arizona was a fluke. So he's a guy with a chip on his shoulder. Um, he's an edge rusher, and and I, I, I like that addition. I mean, they still have to do something with the cornerback position, but defensively they have gotten better with the free agent signings that they've had. No doubt, no doubt, no doubt. Thanks, I mean, I'll agree with that. I'll agree with that. Um, but I will say this. Nobody really, like, jumped out at me as far as these free agency signings other than um, Hassan Reddick, of course. And like that, should I say, he'll be playing with a chip on his shoulder. It's not really a surprise signing for me because we know that Matt Rule is very loyal to um, former players that, you know, were a part of the Baylor or the Temple program. Um, so that wasn't that shocking. But um I won't even hold you guys like the the signings of the offensive linemen were just bleh. And it seems to be that way every single year. The Panthers seem to love thinking that somehow, some way, injury riddled offensive linemen are going to come to Charlotte and sit like some, I guess, everlasting injury free water or something and work out. And it just has not worked out in their favor. I feel like they make lackluster moves along the offensive line. And that's like one of the most important units on the field. And, um, of course, that cornerback position definitely has to be dealt with. Um, the only stability they've had in the secondary left with James Bradbury. And, you know, Dante Jackson, he's primed and prepped for a breakout season. I think he's, he's put on some, some um, muscle and um, gained some speed. You know, he was injured last year. As long as he can stay healthy, I think that he can be a very good, solid cornerback, especially as he progresses in his career. Um, a lot of the mistakes that we saw Dante make so far is because of his speed. And like, let's just face it, sometimes speed can mask a lot of other deficiencies when it comes to coverage or physicality or, you know, um, jamming up at the line and, and disrupting those routes. And usually when that happens, he has enough speed to catch up and recover. But this is the NFL. Everybody's fast. Well, a lot of people are fast. I'm going to say everybody. Everybody's fast. So we've seen him. We've seen him rely on that speed and it's kind of been the gift and the curse it's, it's something that he's always been able to fall back on so he didn't have to be as precise with everything else but um he's been working on that this off season i think that last year we would have gotten a better look at that had he not had the issue with you know the famous toe but you got to get a cornerback i, I would have liked for them to get a veteran veteran cornerback 
um, in free agency. That has not necessarily happened as far as like a, a CB1. Um, because I think Dante is solid, but I think they're going to go bombs over Baghdad on the other side of the field the way that we saw all that, well, the last couple of seasons. So that secondary has to have, they need to make a huge splash in the secondary. And I'm not confident that drafting a cornerback high in the draft is exactly what they need to do. They need veteran presence because they just don't have it in that secondary. I mean, it's a very young defense. They played good as the season progressed, but Carolina always seems to be a piece or two away from being a really good team. And it's like frustrating because we can see on paper, okay, they need to do that. And they will do everything but that one thing. So that that's my take on the free agency. I haven't been, you know, particularly thrilled. But that's just me. Yeah. No, I don't I don't blame you. <laughs> I don't blame you at all. Uh so Larry do you want do you want to speak real quick and then Monty will go to you? Sure, no problem. How you doing, Sheena? Rashad? Hey. I'm a four-man rush smooth. Um, you guys don't know me, but you'll learn that I'm a big fan of the trenches. I focus mostly on the offensive line and defensive line. So you guys have been speaking pretty much of everything that I want to talk about. Honestly, uh I haven't been pleased in the past with how we've addressed the offensive line. It seems like we shop at the dollar store, even way beyond the David Gettleman area. Uh, era, we're still doing the dollar store thing. I'm familiar with the guys that we signed, but it just it seems like a lot of what we've dealt with last year with guys like John Miller and uh, Michael Schofield. These are middle-of-the-road journeyman type of guys that can't really make a difference. So um, I haven't been pleased there, but to find optimism, I'm still looking forward to the draft. I have a lot of guys in the offensive line that I've been watching for over a year now, and I'm pretty optimistic that we'll probably address that area of the team come draft day, and you guys will be more pleased than you are right now. But I'll go over to the other side. If you think back to last season, I think one of the most inconsistent things on our defense was the ability to have a pass rush. You've seen it from Brian Burns on a consistent basis. You've seen it from some some other guys, but we didn't really have anybody to complement his skill set. We needed some other bodies to get to the quarterback. So if you think about Fox that we just signed, he's a defensive tackle that had six sacks last year. So I know he's going to make a difference in the pass rush right away. And then I'll touch on my favorite signing so far, Hassan Reddick. One, I'm going to be a little bit biased. I'm from New Jersey. He's a Jersey cat. So I know he's thorough. I know that he he's a nitty-gritty type of guy. and He's going to give us production on the edge opposite of Brian Burns. So – when it comes to the defense as a whole, if you can't be good at anything, at least be good at getting to the quarterback. So, Because that can kind of blanket a lot of other deficiencies that you guys touched on. As far as the secondary, we don't have anybody consistent back there. You're hoping that you can get the best out of Dante Jackson. I do too. He's one of my favorite players. But even if you can't address that the way you want to, at least we can look at the guys that we signed in free agency and say, you know what, we're going to have a pass rush. We're going to get after the quarterback. If we don't do anything else, we're going to get out, get after the quarterback. And, of course, that's very important in our division, especially facing Tom Brady two times a year. I know Breeze retired, but they've got two talented guys that we don't know who's going to start yet. Um, those guys, are, they can be mobile in the pocket. So we got to do something as far as getting to the quarterback on a consistent basis. I think with these signings, we'll be able to do just that. Free agency isn't over. Maybe we'll go ahead and get a veteran corner. I know one of you mentioned that. I think that's important. But we also have the draft. So, like, I'm not a big free agent guy, 
I respect it. Sometimes you can get a guy from free agency to come in and make a difference, but a lot of times it's just, it's just a big risk. It's like going to play craps at the, at the casino. You don't know what's going to happen. So I'm more of a draft guy. I'm looking forward to that. But as far as the free agent signings, I've been pleased with what we did to address the pass rush. I mean, and, and just, I know I'm speaking out of turn. Am I muted? Go ahead. Oh, okay. Ahead, um, another thing that comes into play is the cap. You know, the cap dropped this year, but next year it's going to, you know, skyrocket. So for players, they're wanting to sign these short deals so that they're able to cash out sooner next season when that cap goes back up. So that's not necessarily a good thing for teams, but that's something to consider when it comes to why these free agency moves are happening. Great point. Yeah, that's a, that's. A, I'll add to that. We can be as mad as we want about these lackluster offensive linemen that we have, but at the end of the day, there is some potential in in uh, Cam Irvin and the guy that we got from uh I guess he was the Jets last year, Efren, Efren. But at the end of the day, we didn't pay a lot of money for those guys. So, I guess what we're hoping that with the new GM is that these guys will outplay their contract. We didn't break the bank to go get them. Hopefully, they're able to play better than what we paid them. And that's the only reason you can be optimistic, and that's kind of a safe a safe bet to take. You hate to go pay a whole bunch. A couple years ago, we paid $55 million to Matt Kalu. He didn't live up to that contract. Man, listen, that was. Hey, don't get it started. Somebody, some, the Khalil got some dirt on somebody. I'm just giving you guys a reason to find optimism. At least we're not putting ourselves in a situation where it can hurt, not just for this season coming up, but hurt you long term. If it doesn't work out with these guys, so be it. We didn't break the bank to go get them. And let's not front, guys. These, the Panthers got another position, and I'm sure we'll talk about that later. They have another <laughs> position that they're that they're trying to figure out how they're going to address. So I, I don't I don't anticipate any huge free agent signings until they sure up that position. Mm, mm, I, I believe I know what you're talking about. <laughs> I think we're going to be touching on that second. position a little bit later too. <laughs> you got a point, Monty. How you feel about the free agency signing so far, bud? Yeah. Um, first off, how's everybody doing tonight? Um, I just listening to what everybody's saying. I, I think all of y'all have have kind of like, you know hit hit the nail on the head, and I think we all kind of agree that Hassan Reddick arguably is the best, or you know, sort of the biggest free agent signing that we had this year. Um, you know, I'm I'm a little different. You know, I think just the best word year or this off season has been weird. You know. Coming off of COVID and, you know, just this crazy 2020 season we had, I think this offseason has been just as crazy. Um, I've been pleased with a lot of the, the defensive signings that we had, you know, from Hassan Reddick to even Perriman. I think Perriman brings uh, that veteran presence, you know, as an interior linebacker that I think that we desperately need. And we saw what, we, you know, when we saw what, what we lost in loot last year with the terrible signing of Tyre Whitehead, you know, so I, I feel like, us bringing in Perriman, I feel like that that was a very good signing as well. Um, yeah, I, I you know there I don't really want to say I have nothing to add with the offensive linemen, but I agree with all of y'all. You know, I think this franchise and this fan base has settled for mediocrity for too long. You know, and, and you know you can say you know Lawrence, you brought up Matt Khalil. I'll even I'll raise you want to say Matt Paradis. You know, we we brought in Matt Paradis, and and we still haven't seen the Matt Paradis that we thought we were going to get when he came from Denver. And I feel like that hurts, you know, and and then just to see us double down with guards that may start, may not start, you know, and, and just seeing the history of what 
Fitter did in Seattle, and now you see Russell Wilson wants out of Seattle because they couldn't build an offensive line around him. You know, it's it, it makes me nervous, and it, it is weird. You know, because on on one hand, I'm excited for what we did on on the defensive side of the ball. I think adding Reddick and pairing him with Burns, even if it's just for a season, I think we can see great gains from that. You know, and I think that I think that will be great for guys like. Gross models that's coming behind him, you know, and I and I feel like our depth up front on, on the defensive line is great, but then when you look on the other side of the ball and the offensive line is is horrible, man. Is you know it's it's hard to be excited. And then I agree with, with the ladies, you know, I'm I probably was the loudest person banging the the, uh, the table for James Bradbury to be signed instead of Shaq Thompson, and you know, and since Josh Norman has left. Now, five, six years ago, you know, it's, it's like, you know, we've we've had a, a, a never ending door, you know, a, a turning door at the cornerback position. And I feel like that's something that we desperately need as well. So the, it, it, it sucks because I think where we did a good job of adding depth to a lot of places, the three hardest positions to fill, we desperately need a quarterback, a cornerback and offensive tackle. And. Is no way in hell, excuse my language, that we're going to address all three of those before the draft. And even after the draft, it. Who knows? So it's it's been weird, man. You know, I, I think this. I, I'm pleased with what we did on the defensive side of the ball. You know, I'm I'm a defensive guy, so I can't sit here and say that I'm I, I wasn't happy with Fox or or the Perriman signing. I think those are very good underrated signings. But man, in, until we can protect the quarterback, it, it doesn't matter who we have. You know, t- t- we can hate Teddy all we want to, but it doesn't matter who we're gonna have under center, man. And you know, and, I, and that's just where, where I stand with it. But I, I think all of y'all hit it like hit it on the head, man. We we desperately need some some real blue chip, you know, or you know, some blue collar guys on the offensive line. Gotcha. Yeah, man. All and before right. we before we move on, I'm gonna challenge you, Monty. Name me another NFL franchise, right? That had a generational talent like Cam Newton, and you never fully invested in protecting his blind side. Name me another team that does that. And get back. Oh, Seattle, Seattle. Like, right, they, which, which is why they're about to lose their quarterback. You know, Seattle. Yeah, you know. They did go get Okung. It just didn't work out because he has some some injury history and stuff like that. But they at least made the attempt. Absolutely. And, and, and hear me, bro. I don't disagree with you at all. You know, I I definitely think that we haven't invested in the offensive tackle position. Got pretty much since we lost Gross, and that's that's just the reality of it. You know, we we half-ass try to attempt, you know, try to fix it with Matt Khalil. That was a failed attempt. Then we got a, a beat up Okun after that. You know, so, so you know we we didn't really do do the due diligence to protect our quarterback while he was here. So I agree, I absolutely agree with you, bro. We didn't, you know, we we failed at doing that, and you know we brought in the GM that didn't do a good job of protecting the quarterback that they have in Seattle now. So, I, bro, I'm I'm there with you, bro. I'm I'm 100 agreeing with you. I just feel like, especially the way the landscape is with the, with this team. Of course, we need to have a quarterback, right? Say we actually use that day one pick to go get a quarterback. In the near future, you're supposed to go use a day one pick to go protect this blind side. That's what you're supposed to do. So I guess as fans, we have to just be optimistic that we're going to make that happen. But it's been about 10 years. We haven't seen it. So it is what it is. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, Will, uh, tell us what you think, bro. Yeah, well, as far as the um, first two picks, I mean, I have no problem adding depth signings at like a cheap cost because you need depth on the offensive line. You're rarely going to go through a whole season with all five guys staying healthy. Problem is when, because, you know, first day of 
free agency, I guess it's a legal tampering period. That's when you can be first to try to get ahead and get these blue chip guys, know the cream of the crop, try to make your sales pitch, try to get these elite blue chip guys on your roster. But the Panthers, they ended up using their tampering period on Cam Irving and Pat Elfline. So why are we signing these guys who can probably be taken in the second and third wave of free agency on day one? And I mean, were there another teams lined up to sign these guys? I still believe, I mean, they would probably still be available now if they had just waited it out and probably at lower contrast than what the Panthers signed them at. And if, if they weren't available, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world either because you could probably get a similar caliber player. I mean, I don't think uh, Cam Irving's better than the guys we have now. I think Trent Scott's probably a better left tackle than he is. Um, John Miller's probably the same caliber as Elfline, but they play the um, – Elfline's got a bigger contract than he does. So I thought they kind of rushed a little bit to sign second and third tier guys, and they did that kind of last year as well. So I don't know if it's just the inexperienced front office, you know, making these moves way too early in free agency instead of waiting it out, being patient, and trying to get the best players at the right price. Because as you're seeing in free agency, it's a very slow market. So you can get some better players on cheap deals if you just wait it out and be patient with it. So I didn't really like the first two signings. The set, but I think they picked it up and made up for it. I mean, Larry's the New Jersey guy. I'm the Florida guy, so I'm going to hype up Denzel Perriman, the linebacker. I mean, he's a banger, you know, very solid downhill player. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. with him, Shaq Thompson, and Jeremy Chen, you have a very hard-hitting, fast group of linebackers. And I think with Chen and Shaq's athleticism, they'll make up where Perriman is weak, which has historically been in coverage. Now he has improved in coverage i think he had his best two seasons the last year in terms of you know playing matching up with tight ends running backs and playing in zone which uh mm -hmm. phil snow likes to run a lot of so i think that was a very good underrated signing i think he'll be a big impact player at a position in need but one of my favorites was actually dan arnold the tight end um he was from the cardinals he's got a very solid athletic profile almost a 40 inch vertical runs fast and you're talking about a team that struggles so much in the red zone. What better way to go than getting a tight end that can go high point the ball, make contested catches, and do things like that? Only thing I want to see with him is, you know, is he a finesse tight end or is he a dog? Is he going to go out there and block and make those hard catches over the middle, absorb contact, hold on to the ball, and make those kind of plays? So there's a lot I want to see more from him. But at face value, I think that was a very good underrated pickup at another position in need because I know Kyle Pitts and guys like that were – talked about as potential picks, but I think with Arnold, we got a athletic, a great player with athletic upside that could contribute right away at that position. Uh, the running back, nobody's mentioned, a D3 guy from Newberry College. I looked at some of his yes. tape on whatever was out there. I mean, he's a pretty versatile guy. He reminds me of the guy we had last year, Trenton Cannon, but maybe he'll come mm -hmm. in and be a kick returner, a third down back things like that. And I know um, running back is an area they may still want to address. There was a rumor on Twitter last week that they were in play for Chris Carson, who's actually a starting running back for the Seahawks. So it looks like they don't want to have uh, Christian McCaffrey carry that as much workload as he has in the past. They're looking as more of a 1A type guy as opposed to a pure backup. So we'll see the direction they go. I like, um, I mean, people mentioned Hassan Reddick already, so I won't say much about him. I think him and Brian Burns rushing off the edge is going to be a very good duo. 
if you follow uh, Reddick's career, for some reason the Cardinals had him as like an off-the-ball traditional linebacker for like his first couple of years, and he just never really lived up to his draft status. They finally put him in edge rusher last year. He has 12 and a half sacks. The Giants game probably had the best game of any edge rusher in the entire league. He had like five sacks that game. So if the Panthers with Matt Rule and Phil Snow already knowing him, he played with them at Temple, they're going to use him properly. You know, having that him and Burns coming off that edge, you mix in Haynes, uh, Gross Matos, and those guys. I like really like what they did with the defensive line. So we'll see where they go from here. I think we got off to a very slow start. I wasn't a fan of the first two moves, but it made up for it in the last couple of weeks. Mm, indeed. Kevin Avery, what, what else could you say about this? This, this free agency signing period so far? Well, for me, I kind of had low expectations for free agency, primarily because I knew the salary cap was going to be reduced in 2020. The salary cap was $198 million. All All season, they were saying it might drop down to 175 Then it ended up being $182. Um, had it not been for the pandemic, it was supposed to have been around – 210. So you're talking about a $25 million difference. So I really had low expectations for any type of, you know, splash moves because I knew we had to t uh, tag Moten, you know, which, which was definitely the number one priority. And I know we was going to try to keep a couple other ride guys, but you know, as far as the signing of the two offensive linemen, I had to do my research. I personally never heard of them. Then I remember Larry put me on to uh, Cam Irvin because he's a Florida state guy. And, you know, he showed, you know, how he did while he was at Florida State, first-team All-American. Um, the thing that I noticed about the two signings, even though they're not popular and these are depth signings, uh, we're talking about something that's vital in the NFL today on the offense line. That's position flexibility. You know, with uh, mm -hmm. Elstein, he could play center and both guards. Uh, Cam Irvin has actually played all five positions. Again, you want to be in a position where, you know, you can only take so many limited number of offensive linemen on Sunday – just with them two guys alone, you pretty much got all five positions covered outside your five starters. Now, talent-wise, I mean, I know a lot of fans may not be, like, you know, too thrilled or excited, but I can get understand the logic behind these guys. Also, they fit the athletic profile that Matt Rule seems to have liked. You know, when you go to mockdraftable.com and plug up these guys' names, you know, these guys have very good athletic traits that Matt Rule has said from day one that he looks for. You know, so that's something that I can understand why they made those signings, but definitely wasn't nothing to write home about. Um, as far as on the defensive side, I mean, everybody's pretty much done touched on it. Um, I was just excited more so about the um, Perriman signing. Um, you know, we we was just everybody's just been still in a state of shock since Luke Keekly retired. We saw that, you know, with Tahir Whitehead and how ugly that looked. Uh, both him and Shaq Thompson, I think, still owe us apologies how they played. <laughs> the linebacker position last year, especially Shaq. You had five years with both Luke Keekley and Thomas Davis, and mm. that's what you put out. Mm. I mean, I get it. I understand you lost your mom while you was over in London. I get all of that. We don't know how that affects a player. I'm just hoping that, you know, you got that big contract. He's going to come out boot smoking. You had your moments. You know, you had to cussing out toward the end of the season, start playing better. But overall, you know, for the for you being a top-paid linebacker in the league, I got to see way more better in 2021. Um and I think Perriman is just going to be that like the fire. I don't know if y'all guys, you know, went in depth to watch him, but this guy was top five in the NFL last year in all linebacker categories, particularly when it comes to run defense. And anyone that watched our games, 
knew how frustrating it was to be getting gashed up the middle over and over and over. So um, for me, Denzel Perriman definitely um, is my favorite pick. I will say that with the other guys that's drafted, I think that we're going to see more hybrid looks. Um, a lot of mix of 40 front with four down linemen and 30 front with three down linemen because the guys that we signed, they they play multiple positions. You know, we mentioned Hassan Reddick, you know, as our edge rusher coming off. Yes, he has played off linebacker. Yes, it does show that he was better coming off the edge, but you still had that, you know, position flexibility. You know, Perriman would be the perfect inside linebacker in a 30 front as well. So I think that uh, I forgot. Yeah, when Hassan Reddit was talking on his press interview, he was saying that how when Phil Snow gets um, these caliber players, he's tried to get as much many of them on the field and many different you know type of formations and personnel groupings as possible. So I think we're going to see a lot of different types of defensive schemes with the Panthers. But overall, for agency, eh, I give it a I give it a C plus for for what it's worth. Like I said, I had low expectations, so you know doesn't really. Um, you know, shape me one way or the other. Like Larry, I'm ready to dip into this draft and um and build up these trenches. Well, yeah. I will give a, I will give a quick shout out, Kev. Uh, my my cousin is a diehard Jets fan, and I know we don't know much about the guy, but Frank Frank Lulu Luvu. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Like, I haven't watched any tape on him, but my cousin was absolutely livid that they didn't resign him. So. He's telling me that we got a, a pretty good football player, so he's going to be somebody we could watch. Yeah, he got a lot of energy. A lot of energy. Great locker room guy. Yo, yeah. shout out to the person who called Brevion T-Rex arms. Like, yeah. <laughs> I saw that. Who I was over here did that? Like, <laughs> oh, I wasn't going to say anything. I was over here crying. Mr. Worldbreaker, like, whoever you are, that was hilarious. Yo, <laughs> I, we were not okay. ready for that, yo. T Rex arms. Panthers Twitter is where it's at. That's all I can oh, say. Man. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> Panthers Twitter chooses violence every day. Like there's <laughs> never a day off. Never a day off. But it's entertaining. Hey, Monty. <laughs> nah, y'all not gonna hate me for that, bro. Nah, they, y'all they toxic without me, bro. <laughs> they toxic without me, bro. It must be handling it though. Um, so hey, next topic: the quarterback position. I'm assuming I'm assuming that's where you were going, Vashi, earlier. Um, but you know, let's uh, let's talk about how we feel about the about the uh, the comfortability of, uh, of old Teddy Bridgewater so far, and uh, where we should go from here. So say draft, i.e. Um, so Vashi, quarterback position, what you think? I mean, the Panthers need a quarterback. Hey. I mean, that's that that's that it is what it is. Now, how they get that quarterback is is still now up in the air. There were a lot of people who wanted to go all in on Deshaun Watson. I don't I don't know how what's going on with that situation now, given everything that's going on in his life off of the field. Um, But, you know, at the very beginning, right after the season, Matt Rule, um, uh, Matt Rule, uh, David Tepper, and then in his first press conference, Scott Fitterer were very clear with what the Panthers priority would be during the off season. Now, it, 
when we last talked to them, they kind of backtracked off of that. But I think it's very clear the Panthers' priority right now is shoring up that position, and I'm not mad at it because this is a quarterback-driven league, and you have to have a good guy under center. You have to have a guy who makes plays. You have to have a guy who can make plays on the money down, as as uh, Phil Snow calls it, third down. Um third down situations, game on the line situations. And unfortunately, Teddy Bridgewater was not that guy. So you have to find a guy either through free agency or the draft. Uh, now a lot of Panthers fans want Trey Lance. Um, you, ha- I think the Panthers are focused on shoring up that position. Mm. And there you go. There you go. Sheena? Uh, You're on mute. Let me unmute you. Go ahead, kiddo. Sorry, my bad. But, um, I mean, even a blind man can see that the Panthers need a quarterback. And it wasn't that Teddy Bridgewater had an awful year. He had a great year for Teddy Bridgewater because that's along the lines of what he's done. Um, his career high coming into Carolina was 14 touchdowns on the season. Last year he gave you 15. You know, he had a career high in passing yards. He was over 3,300 yards last year. But that's about as good as it gets. And we've seen that that is not good enough. So um, with the Deshaun Watson, I have never thought that he was coming to Carolina. I'm sorry. And I'm just, I'm just keeping it a book. I don't ever think he was coming here. It, reports and just different sources that I've had that are close to the situation said that Miami was his top you know, destination that he wanted to go to. Texans didn't want to deal him to anyone in the AFC. So his pick in the NFC is the Niners. Now, since I was told that we've had, what, 24, 25 women come forth with these allegations. We don't know how that's going to um, pan out. I do know that they are working on on assembling a Zoom press conference um, in the next week or so, next couple of days. So I have been told that they are gearing up and getting um, character witnesses as well as um, masseuses that have personally worked with Deshaun to tell their accounts of their experiences with him. So they're working on their defensive side of this, trying to, you know, just quell everything. But in the meantime, life goes on. So the Panthers are more than likely going to have to address that need for a quarterback in the draft. And from all accounts and purposes, it looks like Trey Lance is that guy. I know a lot of people want Justin Fields, but I just don't see him being there at number eight. And um, Trey Lance looks like a guy that you can build a franchise around. But, of course, you're going to have to protect him. Offensive line, like I said, in the trenches, you're going to have to protect him. But he is a, a, a um, he has a big arm, huge arm. He can get down the field. I know Panthers have been screaming for the deep ball for the last three seasons. So he's definitely a guy that can, that can let it fly and drop bombs on you. Um, from that standpoint, there were a lot of Steve McNair comparisons during his pro day. Um, the Panthers sent all personnel out there to watch him and to get a, a good look at him. Of course, he did not play this last season. Um, as his team is now in season, they've they elected to do spring ball, so they're playing right now. And he said that, honestly, taking that, having that time off, he was able to watch football for the first time on Saturdays and just take the time to work on um, polishing his game. I think that can be the gift in, in all of this. And with him missing that season of COVID, he, his body is rested. You know, he's got time to get stronger, study more, prepare himself for this draft. And I think that he will be a great pick at number eight. But I'm going to throw this out there. Uh-oh. What if Pastor Tain is available at eight? Do you go cornerback or do you go quarterback? Corner. Sorry, I'm done. I'm I, I know, I know, I know. I'm just, I'm just, you know, throwing, <laughs> Come on, Sheena. throwing a little monkey wrench. I'm just saying. 
Come on, Sheena. Listen, stranger things have happened, okay? Come on, Sheena. I don't mean to cut in here. I've been saying Patrick Sertan <laughs> since like three months ago. So I, 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 look, I, mean, I, I listen, I wouldn't be mad at it, but I, I, w- I would love I, it, I to be honest. <laughs> I would love Patrick Sertan. And not for nothing, I thought, I mean, it, it, it helps Carolina if they're going for a quarterback that the, that the Falcons restructure Matt Ryan, because honestly and truly I thought Matt was out of there. I thought that Tom Brady was going to be the only returning starting quarterback in the NFC South. And it seems like they have the Falcons, you know, have other plans or whatnot. They're picking for, Oh, there's somebody from my high school. Hey. Yeah. Oh, anyway, sorry. <laughs> but yeah, I, I mean, the quarterback is definitely a need is going to be addressed. The Panthers have made no secret that they're moving on. Um, I think it was, it could have been handled better. They, they have not dealt with their quarterbacks appropriately when moving on, but we're just going to leave that at that. But, you know, like that's how I've talked about this a couple of times when they left buddy off of that graphic that was on the official Panthers Twitter account, they all but said, okay, Teddy, thanks. Nice to see. Like that was basically their thanks, Teddy. Instagram post that they always do with the departing players. I think that they're, I don't see Teddy Bridgewater under center unless someone gets hurt. Mm. Facts. But again, like I said, it, it could just throw a monkey wrench in everything and then, and then they take, you know, to 10. So we'll see. Stay tuned. I mean, the, the, <laughs> the and then they're having, and they're, and they're having media in Cleveland. So that's going to be cool. You know? Uh, so, um, it, it can go either way, but but they definitely have to address that quarter. I mean, you just can't leave things where they are. Nah, nah, you can't do that. You can't do that. Uh, Larry, what you think, man? Well, uh, definitely hate to rain on your parade, Sheena, but my, <laughs> my contribution to this segment is going to be short and sweet. Honestly, to me, it doesn't matter if it's Deshaun Watson if it's Trey Lance, if it's Justin Fields, if it's Zach Wilson, it's not going to matter if you can't make a contribution to the offensive line and protect them. It Absolutely. Mm. So when you talk about that eighth pick, I want to hear names like Panay Sewell. I want to hear names like Rashawn Slater. If it's not names like that, then to me, it don't matter who we got at quarterback. So I mean, and, and that's the thing. They simply have shown that that's not a priority. So if that's not a priority, you're going to have to have somebody that's going to give you something back there that's going to be able to get out of the pocket, look down the field, and, and be accurate. You're going to need somebody that's able to do that. And that's ties the issue. So, that's ties the issue with what? Teddy Bridgewater. Was so smooth, basically, like, what you – Smooth, up? basically, you said just put Will Greer right, out right. here and, and surround him with a good offensive line? Is this what we're saying? Because that's, that's basically what you <laughs> – as long as you, you have a good anybody. offensive line. So oh, Will man. Greer just put out the hype video. Slide Will Greer in there. He go like Tom Brady to the Panthers because they gonna have a good offensive line. Is that what we saying? Listen, I'll keep it gangster with you real quick. If you want to do that for a year, fine. Y'all let's jump Absolutely not. Y'all let's jump him. I promise you. Listen to me though. Look, look, not, for, not for nothing though. I don't even think I. I don't understand how Wilbur is still on this roster. But that's uh, my. That's my personal opinion. Smooth says surround Will Greer with a good off. 
with some love and he gonna ball out. She don't know and Chris McCaffrey. And, hey, and Christian McCaffrey. That's all I got to say about but, that. You know, but, but, to but, be brutally honest it. with you, I don't care if it's Will Greer, if it's Teddy Bridgewater. The way they, the way things are going, we don't plan on winning next year anyway. So, <laughs> you know what I'm like, let's, let's be real about it. Let's go ahead and adjust the offensive line the right way so it don't matter who it is. Even if it's the five-star recruit for next year's draft, when it comes to us addressing that quarterback position, Let's lay the foundation so that guy can be successful. Whoever I, totally, I get what you're saying, Smooth, but that's just not what the Panthers do. I it mean, they don't they have do. luck. They don't have luck with that position. They do. Gregory, Gregory Little. Hey, listen, yeah. I'm, listen, that's I'm the, the thing. The Panthers have, have, first of all, the Panthers have drafted linemen. They just haven't panned out. They haven't. That's a. That it, I don't know what. Who me, has the, what? I don't know who is, has the brujeria on that offensive line when it comes to the Panthers. But they just cannot catch a break. Whether they're drafted, whether it's free agent signings, they just cannot catch a break in that position group. That's it's why I said at this point. Though. At this point, the only the only thing that's sure than the Panthers having a bad offensive line is death and taxes. It's yeah, gonna it's happen. So you're just gonna have to get somebody back there that that can do what they need to do with. It's Unless it's still offensive line. Who tell me what Jeff Otah is doing right now? That's, the that's what I'm saying. They have that's that's exactly. a, that's, they, they, they have drafted offensive history. linemen, and it has not worked what? out. That's that was over 10 years ago. I know that was 12, but they also drafted what? Moten? They drafted, uh, um, yeah, you want a first round offensive line? I want lineman? a day one blue chip guy to protect whatever quarterback. But is that, get, is that. You're saying that that person would be the guy? That's what, yo, it's, it's about. Book it. It's two guys right now that you can draft right now that will guarantee that. We already tried Sheena's way. You seen Cam Newton? You know who that is? He ran around. He said, my way? How's that my way? Because we already had a quarterback that was mobile and had to go fend for himself and run all over the place because we couldn't protect his blind side. We got no Super Bowls like that. We gotta go get a little like that, but you got more than these three and four or five win seasons the last hey, couple seasons. When I go but that's why sports, I said when I go to the sports talk junk, I can say whatever I want to say because I'm a very knowledgeable guy. When it comes to rings, and that's I great. Be, I gotta be quiet when talking about rings. That's all I care about. Uh, but listen, this is a this is a quarterback. This is a, a quarterback driven league. Period. Point blank. Dot. Name it. And if you try real Greer out there. If you put, if you try real Greer out there with the best offensive line that the lead that you can buy, if he's still going to be trash. And that it is what it is. It's, is. I mean, that, so let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. Hold on, Lay. Hold on, Lay. Let's, wait, let's no, wait, no, no, wait, this one more thing. What happened when Pat Mahomes off his left tackle? Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, oh, okay. Yeah, Kansas City exposed the oh, whole okay. offensive line. The best issue, in the but, league. You know what happens but, when he can't get his blind side protected, right? Gotta go. No, they won but but they but they at least won the division and got to the Super Bowl. I mean, you're still gonna have have some degree of success. The, what's going on right now? Is it gonna work? I want to win some Super Bowls. That's all I'm saying. Ain't no quarterback that y'all talking about didn't have his blind side protected. That's all I'm saying. You gotta win. You gotta win the division first. We did that four times <laughs> in a row, and look, we right back in mediocrity.
Yeah, yeah four times in a row, but there were no consecutive winning seasons. The Panthers still have don't have that's consecutive winning seasons yet. That's that's true. That's You're true. right. I agree. Let's get a left tackle. We'll have a few winning seasons. I promise listen. you. Tackle. Okay. Listen. Unless that left tackle right throwing the ball, I don't know what you're talking about. That left tackle protecting hey. and passing the ball, I don't listen. understand it. Listen, this this goes two ways. You know, you can't win. The, you can't win no argument with no woman. And you can't win no argument with no Panthers. We know we're going to do it y'all way, and we're going to keep losing. Dang, That's all we okay. I'm just saying. I, I want to see the offensive lineman who's going to protect and throw. Draft him Draft. first. Draft him number one. I respect him. He got a rush, too, Whatever. Me. I really he has a rush, too. Oh, he dang. Rush he too. got a, all yeah, that. All of that. Hey, uh, Monty. I know. I know. I know. On Twitter, man, you've been you've been hell bent on a couple of quarterbacks. Um, so, how do you feel about Teddy right now? And where should we go as as far as the quarterback positions go? Hey, man, it's, it's, it's smoking hot right now. I don't know if I should say anything now. Um, ah, bro, speak nah, to pitch, bro. <laughs> nah, no, okay. So, so, so here here's my where I stand with the quarterback position. Teddy Bridgewater. Do I think he's a great guy? Absolutely. Do I think that? He has a lot of traits that if we were to bring on a young quarterback, I will want that young quarterback to learn behind. Absolutely. Do I think that I'm going to put Will Greer out there? I'm not even <laughs> – not that's, it's, it's, it's a heavy on the no for me. Um, it's – okay, the, the quarterback position. I think that everybody – so far, I think all of y'all are correct. I think there's one go – you know, one doesn't go without the other. You don't see many – teams that win with an elite quarterback with the trash offensive line and vice versa. You don't see a lot of teams with great offensive lines have a trash quarterback. We need both. <laughs> you know, so am I going to be upset if come draft day we take a quarterback and and we wait till day two or day three to address offensive line? No. Would I be upset if we took offensive, uh, offensive lineman and waited – Till 2022 to address quarterback. No, because we we just desperately need say or back to what Sheena said. If we took a corner, if we took Patrick Sertan at, at eight, you can't make me be upset about that pick because you know we desperately need all three of those positions. Do I think that we need a quarterback without a question? Yes, you know, and I'll be the first person to say I would, you know, I I defended Teddy Bridgewater, you know, with to, to, to the end of me last year. And I admit that I was wrong, you know, and, and do I think that can Teddy Bridgewater be a serviceable quarterback in the right system with the right pieces around him? Absolutely. Are we that team? No, we are not. You know, we we have weapons, but we don't we, we all agree that the offensive line is arguably the besides quarterback, the biggest need that we have on on the team. Our defense is as good as I think our defense has the potential to be. We still need another corner. We still need a safety. You know, it we we don't know what the linebacker core is going to look like, even with Perriman. And, you know, we're young. So I I think that quarterback is a is a must draft, but at the same time, I can't be upset if we took offensive line or we took a corner. And, and I believe that if we did take a offensive, uh, a offensive tackle, you know, going Lawrence, what Lawrence was suggesting, and we should put the pieces around Teddy, would I be okay with waiting another year for a quarterback? It let let me see what the rest of the draft look like, and I, I you know, I, I could say yes. But again, I'm, you know, I've been, yeah, I've been clear about taking Trey Lance or Justin Fields. You know, like I don't think you can go wrong with either one of those quarterbacks i think either one of those are is your quarterback for the next 10 years so again you know we're we're in a fortunate position where we can go two or three different positions and i think it's still the right move mm -hmm. do i think that 
you went, you know, do, do I think championships are won with mediocre subpar quarterbacks? No. But you, you, can, you can make that same argument for uh, with offensive tackles. You know, Tom Brady, you know, I, I just posted it the other day. Tom Brady has had a t- offensive line outside of the top 10 three times in the last decade. That, that you know, that says it all there. You know, as, as dominant and as elite as Tom Brady is, it's no coincidence that he's had a, a, a top 10 offensive line for seven of the last 10 years. That, that says it all in itself, you know, so uh, I, I think you can't go wrong with either of them. So I'm, you know, so, so I don't want to get beat up for saying, no, nah, we don't need a quarterback again. We do. I, you know, I think that both of y'all are right. I think Lawrence and the ladies, y'all are right. You know, we, we could go either way and be or, or the right move. We do need now, a Mommy, let me, Mommy, let me ask a you a question. Yes, ma'am. So when you said that you had to admit that you were wrong about Teddy Bridgewater, what was your initial assessment that you felt like was proven wrong as the season went on? I'm just interested in hearing it. Okay. okay well, I think this is, that's a fair and good question. Let me say this. I don't think it's fair to put the 0 and 8 all on Teddy's feet. I, I think that's, you know, I don't think that's fair. Yeah. You know, it's, 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 it takes 11, it takes 11 men to win games, takes 11 men to lose games. So to say that he fair is enough. the biggest, you know, so, so, so yeah, so to say that he's the biggest reason for us going 0 and 8, I think that's, that's not fair. So to, so to go off of that, I think that Teddy Bridgewater has proven that he isn't the guy that you can depend when the game's on the line, if that makes sense. Like, sure. Okay, so you're saying, so you're saying you went into the season thinking he was going to be this game changing quarterback and not a game man. Not, not, not so much game changing quarterback, but you know, but but after coming off the five games he won in New Orleans with the with the pieces that he had around him, then add the offensive coordinator that he had in New Orleans, then had I add a head coach that was all but committed to him being successful. Did I think that Teddy Bridgewater could can't could have come out and won you seven to eight games? Absolutely. You know, because that, that, that's what was being told to us prior to, you know, prior to Cam Newton being released or, or I'm sorry, not prior to, but after Cam Newton being released was they were all committed with Teddy Bridgewater and then followed double down with, oh, well, we have his offensive coordinator. Oh, well, we got a receiver that played with him in New York. So coming into, I did maybe not a game changing quarterback. Do I think he would have been a, a serviceable, serviceable quarterback? Hell yeah. And I still think that. But do I think. Oh, you went out. Ah, damn. I was wanting to hear that, too. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, now, so the reason I asked that is that people that were let down or disappointed, I was just curious what their expectations were going into it, because it's not like Teddy Bridgewater was a first or second player. Teddy Bridgewater has a pretty nice sample size to show Panthers fans what it was that he had to offer and then he basically did exactly that statistically so that's why I wonder when people say that they were wrong or they were disappointed I was just wondering what the expectation was from the get-go like if you came in expecting him to be anything other than Teddy Bridgewater I mean that would be a disappointment but he literally was who he's been his whole career statistically Mm -hmm. that's why I asked like there were no surprises there were no shockers he he was who he's been. Look at his stat lines. He literally came in and did what he has always done. So I never understand when people say that they were shocked or disappointed or they were wrong. It's like, what were you expecting? I he think came they in wanted, and did what he People wanted Teddy to be good. People wanted Teddy to be good. So do you think they they're speaking in terms of wins as opposed to him individually as a player and what, he, what his stats were? Or do you think they were more so planning or or basing their um 
their opinions or, you know, their decisions? Do you think they were more so basing that on the win loss column as opposed to him individually? Mm. That's, that's the only reason I ask because I, I see it all the time on the timeline. And I, I mean, look, y'all be about to have a meet me in Temecula moment over Teddy Bridgewater. So I was just wondering where the line was drawn and what you guys were expecting and what he did. That's, that's all I wanted to know. That's it. Well, well, Will, you want you want to take uh uh where where Sheena was going? Cause y'all that? listen, cause they were ready to thump over <laughs> Teddy right. Bridgewater on that right. timeline, and I'm like, what were y'all expecting? I don't get it. I mean, I think Teddy's contract kind of told us what the team's plans for the future was. See, it was a two year deal, thirty million dollars. If he played well, they had an option for a third year that he could have earned. But the plan was all along to have them two years until they found the permanent guy for the future. So, mm-hmm. I mean, they're right on schedule. If you ask me, they're picking eight in prime position to draft a young quarterback for yeah, the future. That- and it's, I love Trey Lance. I mean, I've been a fan of Trey Lance before, you know, he was even considered a draft prospect because our guy Vince and our the blog writer for us, he lives in North Dakota and was following Trey Lance long ago. And um, But Trey Lance was 20. Can't even go to the bar and get a beer yet. So, I mean, you're going to tell him he's going to come in. Day, he played 18 football games. He's going to come in right away and start week one, you know, going from FCS-level competition, only 18 starts, hasn't played but one game in two years because his season got canceled and be an NFL starter right away. I mean, he may need some time to sit. So, I think with having Teddy Bridgewater at least for one more year to be able to, to bridge know, it. teach Trey Lance and develop him develop at his own pace, and not have to throw them to the wolves right away. <laughs> it's a good benefit for the team. Because, I mean, mm. I know everybody's excited about the young rookies coming in, but mm. not all guys hit the bro, hit the, hit the ground running right away. Look at Pat Mahomes. He had to sit a whole season in Kansas yeah. City before he'd be able to um, get to where he was at right now. I mean, Tua sat and rotated with Fitzpatrick his rookie year. Um, even Justin Herbert's had a couple of games behind Tyrod Taylor. So, I mean, it wouldn't surprise you know, that was- to see them – Okay. It was interesting that you mentioned Pat Mahomes because on that presser for Trey Lance on his um, on his media day on his pro day, when he met with media, he was asked by Atlanta um, journalist D. Orlando Ledbetter. He was asked how he felt about coming in and possibly sitting because of that lack of experience that you just mentioned. If he minded coming in and sitting like Patrick Mahomes, they literally used that example, and he said, "Absolutely, the hell not." Like he's coming in from day one to compete. I mean, but that's what you want. I mean, that's what you're supposed to say. Like, that's what you want. You want somebody that's coming in there ready to shake stuff up. But you have, you have a very very good point. You make a super good point. And that's going, if he is expected to come in um, with a team that's still rebuilding, they hate using that term. And if you talk to anybody in the Panthers front office or or in the locker room, they're going to swear up and down. This ain't no rebuilding. This is a recharge. It's a reset. All of that. They're, They're nixing that word. So if you do have a Trey Lance come in with all of those factors that you just mentioned, in addition to COVID, do you think Panther Nation would be willing to rock with him through a rocky rookie season, or are they going to be ready to throw him to the wolves? Because he's not for nothing. He's a not for nothing. He's a black quarterback, and we know that black quarterbacks have a very short leash in this league. Especially with rookies, I mean, they're going to throw him to the they're going to throw him to the wolves because ain't nobody going to be protecting his ass. So that's 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 the thing. It's it's that's what makes it such a slippery slope. You know those three positions that you mentioned that they need: corner, tackle, and quarterback. 
Mm. And all those extenuating circumstances that surround Trey Lance, if he comes in and he stinks, I'm not going to say stinks it up, but if he can't win these games, are Panthers faithful ready to rock with him through the rough years? That's the only question I'm asking. It's going to be interesting to see. Point too, because I mean, there's a lot that goes in from going from college to the pros. You know, college in FCS football, Trey Lance was the best athlete on the entire field. If he's dropping back to pass and doesn't like what he sees, he can just mm -hmm. take off and outrun everybody and run 80 yards for a touchdown. In the NFL, you got to actually go through progressions, make reads, and you know, have a play, have a perfect the mental aspect of the game. I mean, you expect him to come in and do that day one right away with just one game in two years, no training camp. Things like that. Now, if he comes in and wins the job, then great. But I think people need to lower their expectations a little bit and be more open to the possibility of Teddy starting maybe five games, eight games or more next year while Trey Lance continues to sit and develop behind him. And I just think the whole um, – the way they set his contract up, I think that was the plan all along. If Teddy played a little bit better down the stretch, maybe won eight or nine games, he might have been given another year. Then they can consider – exercising that additional option but since you know, you're picking in eight now you have an opportunity to trade up to maybe three or four you know i think that's where they're going to heavy headed now is bring in the rookie let him compete in camp if he's ready starting week one if not mm. it's not the worst thing in the world you can just sit behind teddy and we can just you know let him develop at his own pace so i don't know i think the contract was part of the problem you don't play a guy who's mm. just serviceable 63 million dollars you don't pay. Cam Newton literally played for a Chick Fil A sandwich last year. <laughs> so you paying Teddy Bridgewater twenty million dollars a year, twenty one million dollars a year, and you don't expect him to come out and ball? He's just supposed to be serviceable. That ain't serviceable quarterback money. They could have gone again with Will Greer. <laughs> Will Griffin on that roster. They could have gone, <laughs> honestly, they could have gone full tank. This is the thing. It, you can't play that middle of the road stuff. They kind of played the middle it, the middle of the road. And that, like Sheena said, they went recharge instead of rebuild. And I think Panthers fans would have respected a total rebuild, go all the way in for number one, two, or three pick. But no, they went at Washington. Oh, and then they also a tough ass football team. And then so now you're at eight and now you may have to trade up for a quarterback like you got. You can't do that middle of the road stuff. And to me, signing Teddy Bridgewater to a, a 63 million dollar deal does not. I mean, the three year part with the with the third year optional, but paying him 20 million dollars a year and he's he's just going to be serviceable. I don't know about that. Y'all were kids. Joe Brady. It goes Did back to have the black quarterback that y'all talking about. Y'all gave that man one season, and y'all already wrote him off. Did that have something to do with Joe Y'all were pissed Brady about that man in Washington. Maybe somebody yeah. thought he was the answer, and we haven't given him enough time. We haven't protected well, him, me, I'll tell you that much. Y'all were – Panthers Twitter was pissed about that win in Washington, boy, because that very <laughs> next week was a blowout, and people were like, what the hell happened to the winning culture? <laughs> You remember we were reading those tweets, V? Uh, They're like, what the hell? Yeah. We're losing. What about the winning coach? But I do have this last question. I know I've been talking too much, so this is the last question I'm going to ask you guys. If they do, like, if you're Teddy Bridgewater and they've done all this during the offseason to all but tell you, like, kick the kick rocks, we don't want you, and right. then they end up having to start him over at any point in the season, like, 
What does that say as far as the, the moves that have been made on social media, behind the scenes and the press and the media and all of that stuff? If you're Teddy Bridgewater, how do you walk back into that locker room knowing that they don't want you there? I, he, got 20 mil- he got 20 million reasons to walk into that locker room and do whatever he has to do, Sheena. 20 no, million no, reasons. Outside of the money, though, like what relationship is that going to be with the coaches? Because you know we got shaky That's last season. That's it got true. shaky last season in the media with the they started throwing him under the bus. That's not something that we normally see the Panthers do. Can I add my two cents? Last year you had David Tepper in the media publicly humiliating Cam Newton talking about I'm not a doctor. Exactly. I'm not a doctor. Are you a doctor? Exactly. And now they're doing it again with Teddy Bridgewater. Right, right. Like that, yeah. I mean, when, when again with Teddy Bridgewater. <laughs> no, well, quite, I, honestly, I again with Teddy. Go ahead, go ahead, Monty. Go ahead, bro. Well, I, well, see, to me, I think that's the biggest issue that, that I have with it. You know, it's it to me, it's just the contract and how they went about it. Like you know, before my 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 shit died. Like you know, rule and te- you know, rule and Brady. That was their guy. You know, that was yeah. the guy that they said. You know, this is the guy that we want to replace Cam with. You know, so, so regardless how we felt as fans. From the from the top of the organization, he was saying Teddy is our guy. So you know we had nothing but but the information that presented us to believe he was going to be the guy. And then here we are, twelve months later, and now they're saying, well, well, nah, dog, you ain't as good as we thought you were. And it was like, well, shit, we knew that. <laughs> you know, fans knew that, and I feel like that was the problem. You know, I don't have my, me them signing Teddy was never the issue for me. It was the it was the contract, and I think that's where a lot of fans can't just don't sit well yeah. with. Because you know, because if they were paying, if they were paying him seven million dollars, nobody right. would care. You know, That's nobody it. would care. Nobody would care that he was on the team. But because That's he's, what I was you, saying. you know, and and we did a Charlotte Hornets type as thing was we kick our one uh, the guy out and then we pay a guy that significantly let. Well, let me not say that because Terry Rozier is fucking balling. But you know, Teddy Bridgewater, <laughs> they come to you, you you pay Teddy Bridgewater the same money you was gonna pay Cam Newton, and it was like, and now when he when he shits the bed, you're like, oh well, dude. You're not as good as we thought you were. No, that's that Matt Rule and Tom. I mean, and Joe Brady have a lot to do with that. So that's why I say I'm not ready just to to completely abandon Teddy Bridgewater because Teddy Bridgewater was put in a crap situation. You know, he was he was he didn't ask to be go go sought after and then put in put in the situation he was in Carolina. You know, Matt Rule made that decision. So I I, I don't think it's fair to totally dump on. Teddy, but uh, now I will never agree with Will Greer's the answer. Like, like I said, I'm heavy on the hell no. All on, that uh, man need is a good offensive line, man. He said it. <laughs> all that man need is football skills. That's all he. All that man need is know how to play football. That's all he needs to do. Trent, so. Dil- Trent Dilfer. I'll leave it alone. Trent Dilfer. It happened. Kevin Avery. What do you think about the situation, man? Hold on, Larry. What do you think about the situation, Kev? Yo, I've been sitting back here just in, enjoying it. So you know yeah, I'm what you know what I'm you know I'm about to do. First of all, let's just let me just put in a little perspective. With no offseason, brand new team, we realize what's important, how important minicamp, them OTAs is, and all that stuff. You know, team didn't get together till August. Everybody know how important that chemistry is. But I mean, for all this talk about Teddy, let me first start off by saying Teddy Bridgewell is not the long term answer. We never thought that. We're going to support whoever rocks the Carolina jersey on the front. Now, I don't know if you guys can see this on my camera, nope. but, but basically what it is is just a stat. It says that when Teddy Bridgewater had a clean pocket in 2020, 
73%, 14 touchdown, pass rating 105.3. That goes back to what Larry was saying. When we able to protect this man, that man was putting in work. Our offense line had the 23rd ranked pass rush win rate. That means they can't hold a block longer, longer than 2.5 seconds every pass play. We was 23rd best at doing that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. All right, we're talking about how his how low his touchdown numbers was. I got a stat for you for that. Panthers wide receivers dropped 11 touchdowns in the end zone last year. 11? You know what I'm saying? Out of our 2016 <laughs> drops, 11 were in the, end, uh, in the uh, end zone. Seven were by DJ Moore. You know, so, so when we're going to go ahead and just – I don't have no problem blaming Teddy for when he messed up, but let's blame everybody else who had their part in messing up. It seems like it's always on Teddy, that 0 and 8. But when I throw these other stats out, I get crickets. You know what I'm saying? So what's up when when, when the ball was on the money? Wait, where, where are these stats coming from? Oh, these Chris, stats are coming from I, I got to look, look up these details. Yeah, I mean, I Drop the receipts, KF. Drop the receipts. It's PFF Carolina Panthers. That's one. Uh, footballoutsiders.com. That's another. That's where I got the pass the, uh, about the blocking stats. Um, here also we NFL, talk about these drops. NFL. Yeah, next I don't know year. about the drops. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, D- um, DJ Moore had eleven drops last year. Seven of them were in the end zone. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah. So I mean, yeah. Teddy did some messed up, but everybody else played their part too. In the red zone, the catch radius, the catch rate was only 50%. Everybody tell me how much you struggle in the red zone. Catch rate means the ball hits your hands and you're not catching it. So, I mean, again, I know quarterback because he has the ball all the time and he getting the most money. It's the glam position. But if we're gonna if we're gonna tell the story, I'm like, Usher, let's tell it all. You know, that's well, what about that fourth quarter though? You know? The problem, the problem wasn't how Teddy played quarters one through three. The problem was how Teddy played in the fourth quarter and when he how he played when he had the ball in his hands with the game on the, the game line. On the line. Let's talk about what got, the game, the, about what got the game on the line. Let's talk about what got the game on the line. That's Let Kev talk. Let Kev talk. Go ahead, Kev. So let's talk about what he – so we can skip the fact that the defense shit the bed the whole game because when nobody complained how Teddy was playing, we went toe-to-toe with Patrick Mahomes. I ain't hear no complaints then. But they want to use the fact that we gave up another four-quarter lead, 50 seconds left. Okay, Teddy got the ball, drive six yards to get us a field goal. Oh, he missed it. Oh, blame it on Teddy. Come on, nah, bro. Nah, we, bl- we was blaming Joey Fly. Yeah, well, okay. yeah, like, we no, definitely were. We was blaming Joey Fly. We were. My point is – oh, go ahead. No, okay, I, I'm sorry. I can't. I didn't mean to cut you off. Now, let, let me say this. I think that, that the 0-8 thing is, is, like I said, it's unfair because just two years ago – when when people were saying, "Oh, well, Cam Newton is zero and eight, and I mean zero and eleven in his last eleven starts," all of us was calling bullshit, right? Every single one of us was saying, "You know, that's that's a bullshit stat. That's not necessarily fair because Cam was hurt, and we had every reason for why that was why they, we lost those eleven games." So now, why is it because it's a quarterback in there that we don't necessarily want? Oh well, you lost all all eight of those games. That's not fair. Now, mind you, I do agree with that. Teddy Bridgewater has to be better. It's the it, yes. bottom line. After he got back from the, the ankle or knee injury, he played like crap. There's no arguing yes, that. Teddy, fan, I mean, Teddy fans, Teddy people that are anti-Teddy fans all agree he played like shit after he got back from injury. But 
hey, I looked at an offensive line that looked like crap all year. I looked at a secondary that looked like crap all year. I looked at linebacker, like a linebacker core that, bro, I look like I could go out there and play linebacker for for the Carolina Panthers right now. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, mm. that's not realistic. But I mean, but it's always not fair to sit here and say all of those eight games is on at the feet of Teddy. Does Teddy have to be better? Did Teddy play like crap? Absolutely. But did the offensive line play like crap? Oh, absolutely. Did the secondary play like crap? Absolutely. Right. And, and, and again, then, and then, and then, and then another thing about I'm sorry, another thing about them them eight games. Teddy had us a four quarter lead with less than five minutes to go in for those eight games. And what happened? That defense that was the second worst third down defense in the history, not the season, in the history of the NFL. You know what I'm saying? I mean. We're are we, we the defense? First of all, the defense was not expected to be much of anything because of their use. Right. The defense progressively got better. Teddy progressively got worse as the season went. I mean, as the season went along, and you paying Teddy Bridgewater twenty million dollars and. 0-8 on game-winning drives. We're not talking about coming into the fourth quarter with the lead. We're not talking about what you did, quarters one through three. We're talking, about, we're talking about game on the line. You have the ball in your hand, and we need you to make a play. And Teddy Bridgewater shit the bed eight times. Right. With the help of the offensive line, yes. Thank you. No. I just well, want to add one. If it's smooth, if it's up to smooth, the point. left tackle will be throwing the ball and protecting. First of all, I'm not just talking about left tackle. And you talk about we went to the I'm Super just, Bowl. I'm talking about right one too. You're good, Pastor. You're good. My thing is this though. Go ahead, Larry. We're talking about the fourth quarter. If you know anything about the trenches, that's when the game is the hardest in the fourth quarter because guys are tired. Tired, boss. If you if you watch those games in the fourth quarter. You got a tired offensive line, and that's when they performed the worst. All those decisions. So, and Teddy, he was under more duress during those fourth quarters. Yeah, he was under more duress. It's all a trickle down. Uh, it's all a trickle down thing. But the game starts in the trenches. We went to the Super Bowl. We had guys making Pro Bowls. We had guys making All Pro. We don't have any of that right now. So I don't care if it's left tackle, left guard, center, right guard. The point is, I need blue chip guys up front. Because it don't matter who the quarterback is if you don't have blue chip guys up front to protect him. And nothing, and nothing, real quick. My bad. I'm not saying go get Will Greer. I'm him start. I'm just saying that it really doesn't matter who we put back there if we can't protect the guy. It don't matter who you go get. You go get Pat Mahomes. He's not going to be the same Pat Mahomes he is at Kansas City. It's not going to happen. No, that's true. Better than Teddy Bridgewater. Truth move, but at the end of the day, they're simply not going to have a staunch offensive line in Carolina. That's just not what they do. So just like, just like, that's just not what they do. So you're gonna have to find somebody that can make do with what they have. Honestly, also, 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 yo, you, I know you guys are talking about Patrick Sertain, but the Panthers, even in their even their best defenses, their weakest point was the cornerback position, like. Even those Chris Jenkins, even that, even those early 2000s years, they had a good defensive line who got pressure on the quarterback and forced the quarterback to make mistakes and the cornerback, uh, quarterback to make mistakes and the, and the cornerbacks were serviceable enough to capitalize off of those. But let's not act like Ricky Manning Jr. was out here like we was really, really like that. Like they always had serviceable quarterback. Ken Lucas was all right. Then you, they kind of lucked up. Up into um into uh 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 
J- uh, Jano, Jano. But oh, you know, that's you know, I not- Chris Gamble. I thought you were gonna say Chris Gamble. Well, oh, yeah, Gamble, so, so. Gamble was yeah, decent. He was, he Gamble was, was, was decent. decent. Yeah, but, was decent. but it wasn't. It was. It's never been the case where Panthers had locked down on an island type yeah. cornerbacks. It's just yeah. never has happened. Now I don't know if that would be a good thing. Maybe that's something that they're gonna go to now. But that just has not been the core of the Carolina Panthers to have those guys on the outside who are gonna lock down. They want guys who can get pressure on the quarterback and then cornerbacks who are good enough to just be able to capitalize off of those mistakes. Can, can, can I make a point off of that? I, it's not that I don't think the Panthers have never had a lockdown corner. I think just like what, you know, good, going off of what we've all said, we've just settled for mediocrity. You know, we, we've been cheap at those positions. You know, we, we had Jay, we had uh, Josh Norman here. Gettleman rescinded the tag, didn't want to pay Josh Norman. He went on to have a great year. Like, even if it was one year in Washington, he went on to have a great year in Washington. We chose to pay Shaq. Thompson instead of paying an all pro corner at James Bradbury. Nah, and, that was and, the wrong decision. And, and, right. And you know, and I feel like that <laughs> we've been snake bitten at three positions since the Panthers have been an organization, and that's quarterback, cornerback, and offensive tackle. You know, we can probably name one position, one elite or blue chip position at that at those positions, and that's it. And that to me, that's the tale of the Carolina Panthers. You know, if, if you don't have a quarterback to go compete, you're going to be a mediocre team. If you can't protect your quarterback, you're going to be, be a mediocre team. If you can't defend quarterbacks from fucking throwing 500 yards on you in a game, you're going to be a mediocre team. And and we can all point and say, you know, we've we've seen all of that. We've we've seen Julio Jones go for 300 yards on us and and Ooh, that thing was you know, I was I was there. Oh, I was at that game. Y'all, I bring that up. Y'all, 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 I still got PTSD from that. No, we let we let Locke this year, bro. We let Andrew Locke from the fucking Denver from the Broncos look like Peyton Manning this year, y'all. Drew Locke. See, it's almost like they self-sabotage. And like I said, if this goes, I mean, we can not even just naming one position group. This team, this franchise has never had consecutive winning seasons. That is an issue. Yep. That is a fundamental front office issue. And let's not even talk about all the games that came down to a loss within one possession. Those are three different quarterbacks, Kyle Allen, Cam Newton, and then last year, Teddy Bridgewater. I mean, at this point, it's the culture thing. There's all, they're always one position group off. And then the next season, instead of addressing that position group, they address something else. And then something else happens. There are some fundamental changes that have to happen at the root of this organization, because mm-hmm. regardless of the personnel, Ron Rivera and them are gone. Right. You know, you have Joe Brady, who is a young offensive mind, a young, brilliant offensive mind. They're still losing these games by one possession or less. The majority of the losses the last three seasons. So I think that we have to peel back the layers and see what's really going on beyond what we see on the field on Sunday. There's some fundamental culture issues and they seem to not know how to win consistently. Mm. And you don't really hear a lot of people talk about that. And one of the things I like to address yeah, I mean, that everybody I, that talks I, about I, the failed oh, um, game winning drive. Everyone talks about the failed game winning drive. Why are we behind all the time going into the fourth quarter to begin with? And that's been the case for the last three years. I mean, we're I mean we so against Green Bay, we're down by eight, have the ball with no timeouts. Is that really a game winning drive? You need to go the length of the field and get a two point conversion just to have a shot to tie and go to overtime. So, I mean, really counting that as a game-winning drive opportunity or the one in Chicago, I think. We were down by mm-hmm. eight. Might have been Chicago or Atlanta. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. Or when we um, were against the Raiders going toe-to-toe. 
Bridgewater throws a 75-yard touchdown to Robbie Anderson. The defense just gives up a touchdown right back. Now we get the ball right fourth and one. We give the ball to a fullback on fourth and one and not our highest paid not running back in NFL history. We can't That's block. what I'm saying. Like, it's like self-sabotage. I'm like, who is so many other yeah. things that cause this team to be bad? It's so many, it's so many things. It's like, what do we have to do to win? I do the opposite of that shit. Like it's almost like that every single game. <laughs> That's how it feels. Like when they in Detroit, when I saw them to lose the way they lost when Ron went for two instead of one, I said they're not going to win another game this season. They didn't win any more games that season, and you kind of just get this feeling of dread early in the game where you all you already know in the second quarter they're going to take another L. No matter how close the game is, you're like, okay, whatever they can do to win this game, they're going to do the complete opposite. So it's a culture thing. It's, I mean, I know a lot of people don't talk about it, and we like to talk about players with free agency. There's transactions, but there is no winning culture. In Carolina, right, right, it, right. it just has to have a, a whole complete overhaul. There's no winning culture in Carolina. Yeah. Like even the Vikings game, you know, Jeremy Chen scored two defensive touchdowns in what was it, 10 to 12 seconds? And I was still sitting there looking at myself. I was like, man, do I want to tweet and shake up Panthers Twitter and let them know that they're still going to lose this game despite what just happened? No, Sheena, to be honest, the, the Minnesota game good is feeling, what made me feeling. on Teddy. It was like, dude. How many times, you know, how often or how many times do you have to have the opportunity to win the game and you blow it? I mean, because, you know, because the it's a walk in touchdown by DJ Moore in the back of the end zone. And if you just throw an accurate pass, bro, it's it's, it's game over. That's that's, 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 you know, we beat Minnesota. So I I totally agree with you. It's like, you know, I feel like for 25 years, we've done nothing but shoot ourselves in the foot. You know, you, you can go even the years that we've been good. 2015 being one of them, you know, it's like we, you, you go to the pinnacle, you get to the best game, you know, you get to the highest of the mountain and you shit the bed, you know, and regardless how people feel about, you know, we, we can go uh, talk, have this conversation for an hour about if it was rigged or not. That's been, that is the history of Carolina Panthers. You know, we, we get all the way to the top of the mountain and it's like, Oh, well, I forgot how to play football today. And, and that's just the sad, this disappointing part. And, and leave us fans to have to pick up the pieces. And so I agree with you. I think you hit it on the head. Bruh, the, the reason why we we lost that Minnesota game is because we stopped running the football. That's 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 on Joe Brady. But Tim, you, like – Nah, bruh, bruh, bruh. I hear you. We but brought him the what, football whatever. on Minnesota and Washington like they had no fucking sense. Is it, bro, bro, where, where, I, where I hear you. You just where stop. I, it's, it's like, okay, they've been all game. Let's not do that shit no more. It's, like, like, it's, it's, it's so stop crazy to me. Let's just stop. Who wants to win? I mean, what's up? I hear y'all. I hear y'all, but it's like you can literally go back to two, two, three plays at the Minnesota game and say, dog, if we just have that one or two plays, that's game. So, you know, so yeah, you can say, oh, well, if we would have kept running the ball, we'd bro, at the end of the, at the end now, I'm going to agree with the ladies on here. At the end of the day, Bro, Teddy Bridgewater, bro, if you can't make a 10-yard a slant at the back of the end zone, bro, you shouldn't be playing, bro. That's how I feel. And or, if you show, or throwing or if you short of the six the on fourth down. You know, exactly, right. And then and now, again, I'm going to be heavy on the, the lady side on this. This is the quarterback your, your new head coaches went out to go get. So yeah. it's like so. So how do you look me in my face and say, "Oh well, bro, you got to make sure the offensive line and everything is straight." When dog, your offensive, when your head coach and offensive coordinator say, "You know what? This is the guy that we're gonna get to replace our our former MVP." Right. I ain't trying to hear that shit. I'm sorry, yeah. I'm not. 
Well, I was saying though, they, they but they brought him. They brought him on a team with the expectation of CMC behind him. Well, and that's fair. That that's now that's a fair so, argument. Let's let's not let's not take the most important <laughs> offensive weapon on our team out of the equation and say, mm, I don't know about that, bruh. Teddy was was there to compliment CMC, not to lead the team. It's a completely different thing. I'm going to say this and I'm going to go because I got to go. But y'all put way too much... Y'all putting way too much stock in Christian McCaffrey. The Panthers don't lose. The Panthers don't win with Christian McCaffrey. And the stats say that. Let's not act like Christian McCaffrey. Let's not act like Christian McCaffrey is the end all to be all of this Panthers team. And 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 the record would have been that much different if he plays. They haven't won with him historically. Now maybe that could change this year, but uh, uh, let's not act like he's he's. He's That's magically right. gonna turn Teddy Bridgewater into a Pro Bowl or That's All right. Pro okay. type quarterback. So, so let, me let, me, let me get it. I gotta go. Oh, okay. All right. Oh, oh. oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. That's gonna be your mic, dog. I gotta. I'm out. Tina, we have talked about this though. You know it. Oh, I agree. Let me ask you this: Why only Panther fans want to put a win loss record on a running back when nobody else does that? Nobody. Nobody what's the, what, the win loss record for Barry uh, Barry Sanders? What's his win loss record for? Integrate. We we only do this for Chris McCaffrey when we talk about oh the game. Well, we the ain't Panthers won with him. don't win when he's doing everything. They just don't win. You're right. What do you You're mean? Right. How can right. we put a win loss record on it? That's how everything is measured in sports: wins right. and losses. Wins and losses. You yeah. can get a thousand. We're not talking about Hall of Fame. We're talking about the Carolina Panthers and winning. And Christian McCaffrey had 10,000 all-purpose yards, and the Panthers didn't win with him on the field. Okay, so, so and these are the facts. Yeah, can I ask this? Because I'm like, yeah, I got so He don't play defense. But he don't play defense, ma. So, 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 honestly, are, are we making the argument that with Christian McCaffrey on the field, y'all don't think that we win even three of those eight games? Or is that what the argument we're making? It's a possibility. I'm not saying. Let me, let me, let me, let me say this. I'm not saying that Christian McCaffrey is a bad player. I'm not yeah, saying yeah. that at all. I'm Absolutely. saying Christian McCaffrey is a great player. I don't think that the pan. I don't see that his insertion into last year's team makes mm. it makes that big of a difference. Okay, well, it, well, and, and historically, and historically, when Christian McCaffrey is on the field, he becomes a crutch for the Panthers' offense, and he does everything. And the Panthers have not been successful with that strategy. In all fairness, in all fairness, in all fairness. In all fairness, this is a new offensive coordinator. First year, we don't, we can't necessarily make that correlation, really. But when he did play in those couple of games, they they used him and they went right back. They reverted right back to that old stuff that they did the previous year, and they did not win. Right, okay, because our defense, because our defense, our defense, our defense early in the year was not that good. Let me let's be honest about that too, though. When well, we were playing I, I mean, the Raiders, we, when we were playing Tampa Bay, our defense was not that good. Well, I, I mean, uh, reason for me asking my question, if you think if, – if you even question that Christian McCaffrey makes us two or three games better, my question is for y'all, if, if that's the case – 
in year one with a new quarterback, new office in the year of COVID, new office, new office coordinator, new head coach, new damn near everything. If Christian McCaffrey even gets you two or three more wins, that puts us at eight and eight. So, so my question is at eight and eight with with all of those things considered, you you sitting there telling me that we don't look at this this complete season uh, completely different. Yes, we do. We're, we're, we're looking at something. We're, honestly, at a Nate, we're not even talking about a quarterback at this point. Are we? Yeah. Are we? Nah, no, but I mean, realistically. At, long term, realistically, long term, you're still talking y'all, about y'all, at eight and eight, we're, we're talking about Mac Jones right now. At eight and eight, we're talking about drafting Mac Jones. So, so, so realistically speaking, we're not even talking about a quarterback if Christian McCaffrey comes in and wins us two or three more games. So, so, so for, I say all that to say, it, you, I can't even really hear that Chris McCaffrey ain't valuable. You know, we want just as many no, games. Here, but I listen to this. Let me say she's not saying that he. We're not saying he's not valuable. We're saying that when he's there, the Panthers seem to be a one-trick pony as opposed to the variety and the the ball distribution. There's no way that Christian McCaffrey should be the most targeted wide receiver on the field. I know. There's I, no way that should happen several I, games I, in a row. That's and I it, it, it That's made fair. their offense very predictable. When he was out, it gave the Panthers a chance to see just how much depth they had on the offensive side of the ball. You had four 1,000-yard mm. performers. You don't have that with Christian McCaffrey on the field because they're not getting those touches. So mm. if Christian, if they can find a way for Christian to coexist and still actually use the other weapons, we know he's a great player, but he's not the only good player on the field. So if they could find a way for him to coexist with ball distribution, the Panthers would be unstoppable. We're not saying Christian McCaffrey isn't great. He's great. He's great. But there are other good players on this team. Like you said, it's 11 players on the team. You have to win with 11. When Christian McCaffrey, when there's no doubt in your mind that Christian McCaffrey is getting the ball, that Tampa Bay game comes in, comes to mind when um, mm. they were stopped on the fourth down. They knew That's Christian fair. McCaffrey was getting the ball. That's fair. Well, here's my They knew Christian was getting the ball. Sheena, you went right to my point. You went right to my point. That game where Christian McCaffrey was getting the ball and he got stopped on fourth down. Guess why he got stopped on fourth down? It was a bad play call, too. It was the offensive line, but it was a horrible play call as well. Don't deflect. This is exactly what happened. You run the play that's called. It was a horrible play call. Listen. It was ridiculous. They had just stopped him on that same play in the red zone on that drive. It was a horrible play call. I could I could have seen that coming from from my seat in the press box. Horrible play call or not, we can go to the Raider. We can go to the Raider game and watch Cleveland Farrell blow up guard, center, and fullback and stop them in the back. That's what I like. We we've been making this too too complicated. I know you guys don't like what I'm saying, but the fact of the matter is, in every single season we had a winning team, we had a formidable offensive line. It's that simple. Okay, well, it's going to be a losing that's season this game, season then because – damn sure it. That's what the game starts. I mean, I'm just game. saying. That's <laughs> what it is. I'm not disputing that, but I'm letting you know when we win, the offensive line is not trash. And it's really listen, bad. I don't think, I know game, I don't think I know anyone's game, arguing. I we're not, we're not arguing that point. No we're, not, we're, we're not disagreeing with that. As a matter of fact, we're not disagreeing. If you remember – We're talking about Christian McCaffrey losing games. 
all of those we're games. Not. That- no, we're not. Okay. So we man, never said up. Christian McCaffrey loses games. Come on, Smooth. Does that mean? We said that the Panthers don't distribute the ball and get the full. They don't extract everything that they can get out of the offense out of the ball when Christian's on the field because it's just easy. To, it's easy to go. That's what we were right. saying. We're not yeah, saying we're, Christian we're, loses games. We're not saying that. But see, when we started this whole this whole podcast or this whole stream today, I told you that I was not thrilled with the free with the um with the free agency move because the Panthers keep getting middle of the middle of the pack offensive linemen. They will not dress, address the offensive line. They cannot shore up that unit for for nothing in the world. It seems like I mean this is going into my sixth season and it their their I guess utility at in Unless. the offensive line department goes back way before I got here and it's Unless. every year. Unless what? They're about to draft one. Unless we're drafting second, third, fourth round. Uh, unless we're doing. Well, you drafted, right. but you had, but you had Gregory Little in the second round just two years ago. And that was somebody that was has, on Herney. That was on Herney. Somebody has a. Well, I will say this: Marty Herney, he don't do a lot of stuff right in in terms of Carolina. Get that first round he, right, though. He gets oh, that he first, first round, round right team, now. He, he, listen, he he knocks it out the park on those first round picks. But at the same time, like, they're getting these guys that are, like you said, journeymen. So that was my issue with the free agency. I, I notated that. I notated that. It's very frustrating when people, oh, you know, we've signed this person. Here's a notification. And it's, I mean, and I went to Florida State. So I'm all about, you know, former Knowles. But I just don't think that they made any franchise-changing moves along that offensive line. And I just don't see them doing it anytime soon for whatever reason. I'm Thank y'all. I gotta, I gotta go. Go ahead, Ma. You good? Right, you good? I ain't mean to like shake things up though, but I just no, it, had, it, it, had, it had. Yes, I did, and it had to be said. Shake it. We all y'all over here acting like McCaffrey would have been Teddy Bridgewater's like magic elixir. But can I say this though, real quick, though, Tim? <laughs> go ahead. Ken. Panther scored thirty points only three times last year. Chris McCaffrey played in all three of those games. He had six touchdowns. I'm just How saying. many did they win? I'm just saying. Bye, guys. Defense wins Bye, guys. Bye, best guy. <laughs> I'm just saying. Tina, you know, I'm a diehard Florida State fan, too. And if you want to, you follow our history. It all started when that offensive line got trashed. Just letting you know. <laughs> listen, I'm a I dog literally dog. opened. No, listen, no, smooth. I literally opened up saying that. Did I not? Yeah, yeah. We opened up talking about the offensive line. I know those are your guys. I know, but like I said, no matter what, even when the Panthers draft that draft that position, they just have horrible luck. I don't know who has the voodoo doll out when it comes to the Panthers' offensive linemen. People are always having to play out of position. You know, they did a great job with franchise tagging Moten. They, they definitely can't, couldn't afford to lose him. But they just have not had luck being consistent on the on the offensive line or in the secondary. We'll have right. luck. But here's one thing. Mm-hmm. We'll have luck if we do it on day one, Cena. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, if, you, if, you go, that- if you look at the history, the RES score, first round picks <laughs> at tackle and guard, they tend to pan out. So that's all I'm saying. Give me a, give me a day one pick. 
at a position that helps me on the offensive line. That's all I'm asking. Kevin, yeah. you got the but the, pan- but the Panthers are but the Panthers are always in a position where they have so many freaking needs going into the draft that it's hard for them to go all in on the offensive line. That's not a True, sexy yeah. pick. That's not but a will- sexy pick. Let's just keep it a ban. It's not. Well, I will say this. I did. I did. Hold on. Go on, Kevin. I did some research um, about the history of the Panthers and their drafts. In 27 drafts, starting from 95 to last year, the Panthers have only spent a first, second, and third round pick on an offensive lineman eight times. Jesus. On defensive bats, corners, cornerbacks, and safeties. In that same time period, we've only um, selected seven players in 27 years. So Mm. the areas that we're consistently we get year in and year out. It's because we're not consistently invested, but we done had all pro quarterback, running back, wide receivers, tight end, defensive line and linebackers because they consistently invest in those positions. But when it comes to what is winning games, particularly with a passing NFL style now where you need to protect your quarterback and you need cornerbacks that can make plays on the ball, you know, we haven't done that. So I'm just curious to see how this new rule federal, Regime is going to address that. I love how they addressed the defense last year. I just want to see how they're going to do this year. But nine, nine day one or day two picks in 27 years on offensive line, not going to cut it. Mm. Mm. I mean, the two years the Panthers went to the Super Bowl, they had top five, top ten offensive lines. Offensive I mean, lines. Cam had with Ryan Khalil, Andrew Norwell, and Trey Turner. I mean, two of those yeah. guys were all pros. Trey Turner made yeah. multiple Pro Bowls. I mean, yep. Michael Ower was having a good year at left tackle until he had the concussion. I mean, that was the best line Cam's ever had. It's yeah. no coincidence he had the best season he's ever had with that. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's. Yeah. You guys see these comments? These comments are hilarious. I'm supposed to be cooking. I'm supposed to be cooking honey, lemon, pepper, salmon. Y'all got me over here talking about football. Girl, you better go cook that fish. <laughs> it's gonna get it was gonna, it's gonna get cooked. It's gonna get cooked. <laughs> but that's all I'm saying. For damn sure. Tina, we can care less about these comments. At the end of the day, we can simplify this. It really just starts in the trenches on both sides of the ball. That that determines the success of your football team. We haven't addressed the offensive properly. I totally I totally agree. I totally agree with you. But I'm just saying, as things stand, and with the Panthers' history and experience with the offensive line, it don't seem like they're going to address that need anytime soon. So in the Man. meantime, you're going to have to find a quarterback that's going to be able to make something shake with what he has. Now, that's all say, I'm saying. You're right. That's all this. Last year, last year was the first time. Last year was the first time in Panthers' history that we drafted defense all the way through. I think this year will be the first time that we draft offensive linemen consecutively round after round after round. If we don't, we're screwed. We're screwed. Yeah. I mean, that's that's. And that's you need a corner too. I'm bad. sorry, you need a corner. Unless they, I, I would Absolutely. prefer they get a veteran corner, veteran corner in um in free agency. I don't know if that's going to happen. That's what my preference would be. I'm I'm a secondary girl, but I mean that's. I'm a little bit biased. My my ex my ex husband was um, a corner, so I'm a little bit biased in that regard. Both of my kids both of my kids play in the secondary. Both of my older boys uh, play in the secondary, so I'm a little bit biased. My nephew uh, plays in the secondary. He's going to oh, be a, a, a first rounder one day. Yeah, so <laughs> AJ Cromartie will be a first rounder one day. Um, so I'm I'm just a little bit partial to that. Plus, I just did like seeing them get gashed for five and six hundred yards and. It was, it was some insane stat over like a five game period where they gave up almost a little bit over a thousand yards in the air. 
or the Seattle game where the Panthers punted one time. It, it, Greg, I remember Greg Olson gave an interview. He was pissed. He said, we, we, didn't, we didn't punt at all. Ended up, I looked back, and they did punt one time. It was that home loss to Seattle. They bombs over Baghdad over Cornelder, who was playing out of position. And it just, like I said, it's always a glaring need, and then they will go do everything but that. Or they try to fill a, a glaring void with, like, a free agent that's not quite enough. Does that make any sense? I'm trying to not say mm-hmm. – I'm, not, I'm trying to be nice about it. I'm trying so to be I mean, diplomatic yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Like, like what they did correct. with the offense. Yeah. Like what they did with the offensive line. It's like, damn, we really need offensive linemen. Oh, that guy's been hurt three years in a row. Bring him here. Like, I just don't understand why they do that. And at first, I was like, maybe it's oh, something maybe. that I'm not understanding, and I need to watch film or dig deeper. But it seems like common sense, and they literally do the opposite of that. I just, I, I've never understood that. If you look at all the free agent signings on the offensive line, they're all guys that have been dinged up or coming off injury. And I've just never understood why they thought that breathing in the Charlotte air would be some magical elixir to, to take away the injury bug in these guys. It never happens that way. They end up being on the, on the did not practice list every Wednesday, every injury report. Yeah, at one point it was like, I want to say maybe two offensive linemen that weren't on the injury report. Two that were not on there. Not two on there, two that were not. So it just seems to be the Achilles heel. Like, I will never forget summer of 2019, I, um, <laughs> I lit a fire and went to my kids' track meet. I was um, covering the big three, and Kimba Walker was there. I was covering the big three in Charlotte. Kimba Walker was there. And I was like, oh, you know, is this the last time that we're going to see Kimba in the Spectrum Center? At- <laughs> she <made> trash. <laughs> sorry, I got <laughs> – I'm sorry. But, um, you know – it, it brought up the conversation with um, with Stack, with Steven Jackson saying that the Bobcats or slash Hornets just don't treat their stars right. And then I said, well, damn, that being said, and the moves that the Hornets are making, which was just absurd that year. I'm like, with that being said, with the Hornets kind of in the dumpster, uh, dump, being the dumpster dwellers of the NBA and the Panthers not having consecutive winning seasons, is it time for us to talk about Charlotte like we talk about Atlanta and Cleveland in terms of like having bad luck when it comes to sports, never quite being able to get over the hump? And y'all cussed me out in them comments too. I mean, I mean, like they were cussing me out. And I was like, damn, I'm just asking a question. But with that being said and how we're talking about how the Panthers culture just needs an overhaul, how do y'all feel about that? Like just making making the, the opposite of the obvious moves that they need to make when it comes to filling these, these position needs on this team. Will? Yeah, I mean, I was something we've been complaining about for years is how come we're always trying to do these projects on offensive line. Oh, he was a first-round pick in 2014. In 2012, right. So let's try to revitalize his career. We had to change the narrative about the offensive line. Everybody just wants an elite running back, an elite wide receiver, elite quarterback, elite uh, lockdown corner. When it comes to the offensive line, it's like, oh, that, that he's big, he's 300 pounds, he removed – he moved my refrigerator up three flights of stairs. Let's put him at guard. Tell him, Wills, it's true. <laughs> it's funny so because it's true, body. damn it. You could just put any old body in there, and then we're good. It's, you know, we're playing seven on seven or something. So, I mean, I think just the whole narrative about the offensive line needs to change across fan bases and oh, media man. in general. <laughs> oh, man. Uh Larry, you want to talk on that, man? He might be muted up. Go ahead, Kev. 
Yeah, well, for me, I, you know, I, I don't want to keep regurgitating, but man, it's it's all about just recognizing what's consistently the issue, and and it's been for us is that. I'm sorry, what was the question? Oh, I was getting uh, something was wrong. I don't, can y'all hear me? Yeah, yeah, you good now? Can you bro. hear yeah. me, Ken? Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah, yeah we, I think Sheena was asking what 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 what's right. the issue while we're uh, what was it inconsistent with our with drafting Sheena? Was that what you're saying? Yeah, like you know, like I like he was saying he would like to see them draft all these offensive linemen, you know, and yeah. and though that makes sense, they're not going to do that. Instead, they're trying to get the discount guys, like you said earlier, like someone said earlier that they try to get these guys the shopping at the family dollar store when it comes to offensive line. I, I just don't get it. That's why I was just one. I'm like, maybe I'm missing something. Maybe it's something that I'm not seeing in their scouting report somewhere. But I'm re- everything I'm reading is that this guy has been injured since the season before last, or he played two games this season, or he was, you know, he was um, put on the on the on injured reserve, and then they go and try to revitalize these people a- in Carolina with no real validation. I just don't get it. Hmm. Well, if we choose to address, if we choose to address this finally in the draft, this is the draft to do it. I mean, my God, I mean, you know, me and Larry, we don't put in like, I don't know how many hundreds of hours of film watching. Like, if we're ever going to get this offensive line right, this would be the draft to just invest like at least three picks. You know, there's at least I would say six or seven left tackles out there that we could plug in and would do a a very good job. Um, mm-hmm. As far as like guards and centers, I mean, damn, I can think of fifteen off the top of my head. It just, it just, it just makes me want this, this coaching staff, this regime is going to show me where their mind frame at when it comes to this, because Matt Rude, Matt Rude at, at his core before he moved up the ranks was an offensive line coach. That's where he got his start. So that's where his bread and butter first oh. began with, you know, so I'm curious to see that now that he took care of the defense, a large majority of last year, because remember we bet we got three defensive linemen last year, you know, yeah. can we flip that? To the offensive line, um, you know, I'm talking guys like you know, e- even if we don't get Sewell or Slater in the first round, I'm thinking guys like Trey Smith from Tennessee at guard. Um, um, Big Brown, just, from Alabama. Yeah, Ben Cleveland from Georgia. Mm-hmm. Um, like, there's some guards out here that can, you know, mm-hmm. found that we can finally address this middle because a lot of the Panthers' r- rush is coming from up the middle of the field between center and guard. We've got the chance to really address that finally in this draft. And I, I just think that that with the opportunity that's there, I understand that we can't go heavy offensive line in the draft, but we got eight picks. Out of them eight picks, if I don't see at least three offensive linemen, I'm going to feel some kind of way. But this is if, this, if there was ever a draft to finally secure an offensive line for the next eight to ten years, this would be the draft to do it. And Kev, I'm just going to piggyback off you, and I'm probably going to head out. I got some things to take care of. You been in a car this long? No, where are you going? <laughs> no, I just I, I'm at a family member house, and I didn't have the right sign. Oh, okay, yeah. okay, I got you. Yeah, I thought you were driving. Like, dang, where are you driving? No, I'm, I'm not driving. I'm, I'm stable. I'm just in the car. But the thing about this particular draft is that even if it's not left tackle, the key word when it comes to the trenches, the offensive line, is there's a lot of versatility. Most of these top picks can play multiple positions, left tackle, guard, center, all the way across the line. You just got to take advantage of stuff like that. Like, if you go get a guy like Rashawn Slater, it don't matter where you put him at, you know you'll be better at that position. 
That's all I'm saying. This is, a ver- this is the draft of versatility on the offensive line. That's why, to me, it's imperative that we, we spend those picks early because these are guys that are going to help us in multiple positions. I'll give you an example. Somebody got hurt one year. We tried to put our Pro Bowl guard, Trey Turner, at tackle. It didn't work. We have a time right now where we can go get a guy that we can plug and play anywhere on this offensive line. He can replace any of these, what you call them, journeymen. He can replace any of them. So that's all I'm saying is just that today, these guys that we're looking at right now can play multiple positions and do it at a high level. That's why, to me, it's imperative. It's always going to be generational quarterbacks coming around. It's always going to be somebody great that you can go ahead and get. It happens. It's becoming more and more popular. To be honest with you, you got Trevor Lawrence now. Who was it? Who the guy from uh, Arizona? Colin Murray's come out and had a good had a good career so far. Pat Mahomes, Deshaun Watson. Over the past few years, quarterback play is just really getting better and it's more common. Let's go protect these guys because offensive lines are really really hard to come by. That's all I had to say. And I'm gonna head out. Man, somebody, somebody said you in the car like Derek Jackson's move. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to be Derek. Listen, I'm Derek Jackson. That was Cage doing that shit. <laughs> Listen, he's been throwing some haymakers in these comments today. Like, I'm looking like, who is this? Let me go find my imaginary wife and hold her hand real tight while I talk to y'all. That's my man. we tank for life. I appreciate y'all, though. I love y'all, too, man. Four-man rush, keep pounding. It was nice meeting you, Sheena. Tell uh, Vash Ty the same thing. It was a pleasure talking to y'all. I'm going to head out, though. All right, bro. All right, man. Man, it's a, it's a, this has been a great conversation. I didn't expect it to be this fun. Well, you know, I mean, when Quick Blitz pulls up, you know, crazy yeah. things happen. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> we can't even hear you, Kevin, because you're muted, but you look like you're talking trash. <laughs> no, I was saying no. It definitely was <laughs> Because you remember the last time I did a uh, did an interview with y'all. Yeah, it definitely gets interesting. Oh, when we had you and, um, you and Oz. The yeah, time, the timeline terrorist. Right, right. <laughs> the one that said he was gonna pull up on a brother, you know, all that good Listen, stuff. They were. I, that's who I was talking about. And I said they were. They were getting ready to throw hands over Teddy Bridgewater. That's why I was asking. I'm like, look, what was the expectation? Because y'all was ready to throw hands. Wow. And it's so funny. Like I'll be, I'll see the comments on game day, and I can't retweet them, but they are hilarious. So I have to like DM them or save them so that I can go back and laugh at it later. But man, Panthers Twitter is is. Like no other, and they be coming for you. Like they be like, like oh, it's coming for me. I'm like, damn. One time I said something like I was going to Chick Fil A, and they were like, oh my god, you're just trying to get attention. I was like, everything I tweet is not about Deshaun Watson. I'm literally on my way to go get chicken. Like I'm really going to get a chicken biscuit. That's that's God's chicken anyway. You know, Chick Fil A. I mean, I'm like, damn. Man, listen, I will say this, though. During the pandemic, um, I've learned to cook everything that I like at restaurants. So I don't even I mean, it's really hard for me to go get food unless I'm on the, on the road or something. Tell like, it. I'd really be in here chefing it up. Tell it. Hilarious. It's, yeah, yeah, man. it's hilarious. But yeah, they, they, do, they come for me. I don't know why they come for me like that. I just be minding my business. Intimidating. If I have if I have news, I give the news. If I don't, they be like, so what's your news? I'm like, this fucking news. Freaking news. <laughs> I'm like, there's nothing to say. There's nothing happening. You got to check one dude because he's swapping down. You was trying to bait people. I was just like, wow, really? Right. See, I'm not, I'm like, baiting for what? This is a baby issue. (laughs) Gonna block us from the food videos. (laughs) 
They bored. But yeah, man, listen, they I, I get people coming for me all the time. Like my stepdad came for me last weekend over whether or not Dak Prescott signed a franchise tag. He also pissed he left his own house. No, he's a Washington fan. Oh, right. But yeah. he, just, he just didn't think I knew what I was talking about. And I was like, you do know that like this is literally my job. But I get I get that all the time. I get people come for me all the time. And I, I'm not even going to hold you. Sometimes I'd be over here laughing. Right. You have to. <laughs> it's funny. You have to hey. But Sheena, we definitely want to give you some love yeah, because March. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Shane, we definitely want to give you some. I hate Vashti Lester earlier before we could make this, but because uh, I had brought it up to Tim, you know, March is Women's History Month. So we just want to make sure to let you know that, you know, we've been following you for a long time, uh, mind you from a distance. So we're, we're definitely honored that you graced us with your presence. Definitely hope you and Vashti can join us again later on, maybe post draft or, you know, something training camp because, you know, we're always on the scene. But we, uh, we definitely want to let you know that um, you're, you're a trendsetter, you're a trailblazer. We, uh, Thank you. You know, and, um, that you are greatly appreciated. I appreciate that. So I, I will be in um, Cleveland, looks like. So we'll be in Vegas this year. It'd be interesting <laughs> seeing everybody's reaction to this pick and whether or not they trade up because, you know, like I said earlier, anything can happen. Trade back even. Me, me and we're going to be in Vegas for 2022 draft. Man, they're going to. Oh, all right, I'm, I'm not making no prediction. I'm not making any predictions no. as to who the Panthers are, are drafting because I do not want to have to like somebody in Temecula. Yo, if they don't draft a quarterback and Teddy Bridgewater quarterback week one, my level of petty is going to be epic. Let him have it, Kev. Let him have it. Because I've been put on it. a lynch. I've been told. I Look. <laughs> they didn't put that Donald Trump wig on you like they did Panthers culture. Oh shit! <laughs> I know you saw them put that. I know you saw them put that wig on his Panther Culture logo. So, I mean, look, the Panthers Twitter gets nasty. Okay, they don't want none of this. I'm glad that the majority of them like me. The majority of them like me. Some of them don't, but I'm glad that I at least have the majority because, boy, y'all be coming for people. Katie will be QB week one. They do. I mean, and they might. He might match that, but like I said, isn't that awkward though? They put that graphic up and they left him out of the graphic, and then he's just starting quarterback week one. What? I'm just saying. <laughs> you don't remember that graphic? Yeah, I remember, remember it. Oh, okay. I, I know. I, 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 yeah, because because yeah. Will, the guy that's behind our um, four man rush uh, Twitter page. Um, you know, that's the ride. The rest of us have yeah. to throw our the full MR on there. So we'll we'll be dropping that. Um, he be dropping his petty moments too. You know, but uh, hey, I'm ready for it. So you know, if I get any more, hey, if I get any more threats, we know why because I done got on somebody's nerves. You know, and that threat was listen. That thing was funny. I'm like over Teddy Bridgewater. Y'all gonna stop over Teddy? Hey, I posted the address and the picture. Pull up, bro. If that's how you feel. Nah, you look like you live in the hood. I'm good. Oh, okay. Lower your voice. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, Shout someone said, lower your motherfucking voice. Oh, you don't talk to me down. like that. <laughs> uh, they said the Teddy Avengers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the quarterback we ever produced down here from Miami, man. Shout out to Teddy. Man, listen, I like – no, y'all, seriously, though, I really do like Teddy as a person. And like I said, he, he came in and he did what he does. He literally was the player that he has always been. Yeah. Nothing yeah. more, nothing less. I mean, for a man that nearly lost his life four years ago, hey, 
I'm yeah, I, I mean, I really like him as a person. I'm rooting for him as a person. He just isn't who the Panthers need. Because like he, like we've been saying this whole time, you're not going to have a, a staunch offensive line, so you're going to have to have a dynamic quarterback to kind of try to level the playing field. He just mm. – he's, pers- he's, he's not the person for that. you got to play to your personnel, and that's, that's just not his strong suit. I'm just tired of us being the only franchise in the NFL yeah, that don't have back-to-back winning seasons. I probably mm-hmm. have a fair reaction to Teddy is why are you mad at a game manager for being a game manager? That's what I'm, that's why, but see, that's why, that's why I asked that question. That's why I asked him, I said, you know, when, when Monty said that he that? was, that he, when Monty said he was oh. wrong at the end of the season, I'm like, what were you wrong about? What was your expectation? I didn't understand why anybody was super shocked. Exactly. I just wasn't. When year one, that was year one of a rebuild. I mean, yeah, I mean, new coaching staff, COVID. I mean, it, the, 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 that you, season was unprecedented, man, in, in, in a lot I, of ways. But I will say this. I think that everybody went into the season expecting it to be a horrible season. And when they won, like, I want to say two to three games back to back and they were yeah, sitting at 500, three. it was a false sense of hope. And everybody was like, oh, snap, now they're talking about winning the division. I'm like, wait a minute. Hold now. up. Man, I'm telling you, I think they got a little taste of it. And it was like, oh, snap. Okay, so we might win maybe five, six, seven games this year. And when they just slid, they were like, oh. My thing is, I'm just mad at the fans that – I'm just talking about the fans that wanted us to tank, like the ones that's mad because we won at Washington. Like, how do you want us oh, to build a crazy. winning culture? Why you want us? How you gonna spend us being a winning culture? But t- you want us to lose on purpose? Like, I don't get that. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, these guys are these athletes are competitive. Like, you can't ask them to go out there right. and shit the bed and embarrass themselves because at the end of the day, while that team might have a high draft pick, you have horrible ass film. You got to go for you. You know what I'm saying? Those are your reps that are looking trash when you're trying to find another job when this team releases you or when your your contract is up. So I never understand the concept of tanking. That's why what Doug Peterson did was so ridiculous. Oh, like that man. was stupid. that was ridiculous. Was it was like oh, it was a slap in the face to professional sports. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I just never understand the the tanking thing. Yeah, in theory it sounds good to move up in draft position, but these are still people and these are men that are working and this is their job. So why would you want to go out here and put out trash film and not be on the team next year playing Will Greer against Washington? Well, maybe so. See, that that knows how I feel about Will Greer, and it's nothing personal. He just was never supposed to make that roster. Not even the year that they drafted. We supposed to draft Chauncey Gardner. We supposed to draft Chauncey Gardner. Yes. You remember they traded up for him and people started all that premature. Oh my god, he's gonna be challenging Cam for the starting point. I'm like, he ain't even the third best quarterback on his team. He should not have been he should have been the quarterback that was let go that season. Because um who was who was it all who all was in front of him? Taylor Heineke was better than him. Yeah. I know a lot of people hate Taylor Heineke now because of his comments. Because right. this is all lives matter. I know y'all hate him. Right. People hate him because of that. But at the end of the day, and I kept saying that whole training camp, I was like, Will Greer should get cut, but they're not going to do it because of the, the, the you know, the right. semantics right. of it and how it would look. Right. Right. They didn't like how that would look. You traded up to get him, and he just wasn't the player you thought he was. But after the stuff he did in Florida before he transferred mm. or whatnot, 
that never gets talked about, but that's a whole other conversation about white quarterbacks versus black quarterbacks. A whole other conversation. Y'all don't want that that's, smoke. Y'all don't want that's it. all I'm gonna say about that. Case of point, right? Y'all don't want it. Y'all don't want it. I will. I will. Now I will. Now, I will, I will, now, I will, and look, and I we got our 17th percent. game at Houston this year. Keep that in mind, folks. That's going to be good. <laughs> and speaking of, though, they're talking about Blood and Guts Part 2. What do you think it's going to look like when the Patriots and the uh, Panthers play? Oh, buddy. Oh, bud. I think I think, I think oh, Cam's going to be like that LeBron James when he was in the Miami Heat. I, I Brian think Burns going to have a career high. That uh, that's what I'm saying. I, I think, I think Cam, Cam's going to run into a young deep. But if we draft a corner first round, dude, if we get if we get some quality, a quality secondary going along with that front seven that we got, them linebackers going to be flying all over the place. We get a, a decent secondary with that front seven, Cam's going to have a hard time against us. I'm sorry. He doesn't have the weapons, dude. He, he just doesn't. He just, he just does. Well, I don't know. They did, they did get the, but they did get the two. They went and got those two tight ends. They did. So it looks like they're trying to put some weapons around him, which is more than what I can say they did in Carolina. Um, they're going to be running a lot of twelve personnel, so it's going to be. And y'all know what happened last time? Cam was running twelve personnel. Yeah, it was Shockey and uh, Olsen, right? Yeah. Olsen. Yeah, six yeah. and ten. That's what happened. <laughs> well, he had a good season, though. Don't play. Don't play. He won't play, play for Belichick. I give him that. Our, our, our defense is going to be trill, folks. Our defense is going to be something special. Watch out. They, I, I do like the moves that the Panthers made on the on the defensive side of the ball. I do like that. I will say that. It, that just went, like I said, that offensive line, that shit is a need every season. Hey, you can literally cop, you can copy and paste draft analysis and, and pre and, and off season stuff. You can, you can pretty much, you know, you could just copy and paste every year what they're going to need on the offensive line because they they just never addressed it. And I, it sucks that Greg Little panned out the way he did because we finally were like, oh, okay, the Panthers are drafting the offensive lineman early. Yeah. Trash. Just like, that dude's soft as hell, man. Soft as Charmin. Word. Good Lord of mercy. But anyway, all right, so we've been on here for almost two hours. <clears throat> I can't believe I talked to y'all for two hours, man. <laughs> we we love you, Shana. We love you. <laughs> you do that to people. You need to I'm go listen, eat something, Sheena. Hey. Go eat something, man. Go eat something. I've been eating all day. I did have a really good workout, though, so I, I deserve this salmon I'm about to make yeah. this late. But, um, Devour that. Devour that. Uh, but she- listen, I'm telling you, I know y'all got to go, but if they throw monkey wrenches into stuff and drown sustain at number eight, you heard it here first. I'm taking credit. <laughs> Hey, let's do this again, Sheena, post-draft. Let's do this I'm again if y'all, if y'all can. For sure. The Wednesday after the draft, since Wednesday's your free day. Yeah, it's my free day. Can you I bet. Can, I we, can, can we hold you down for that? Can we put you in? You got, you got, you got, but well, I know Bashaw will probably be available too, but Bam. I just have to check with, I just have to check it with her, but because you know, we, we, we do this quick blitz thing together. Respect. <laughs> <laughs> Sheena, we really appreciate you, and and, and you know, best best of luck with uh with with everything you do, and you know, thank you're, you. You're, you're a great mind when it comes to sports mm-hmm. and the Panther organization. We appreciate you. Thank you, man. That that means a lot. All right, Sheena, quick, ladies and gentlemen. Okay. <laughs> so what do I do? Sheena. Do I just like leave the studio? Nah, I got you. 
Yeah, yeah. You, oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> go ahead and drop your mic for your lead. <laughs> <That's> in, uh, <laughs> hey! <laughs> oh, man. Well, that was, that was fun, man. That was fun. Yo. Uh, Panther fans, man, we really appreciate you guys coming out tonight. I do all and, uh, enjoy, enjoying us, right? Had they been mentioning in the comments, but I didn't know if Tim was gonna sneak that in while the ladies were still here. <laughs> oh, with the uh, oh, the manscape. Yeah, cause they've been talking about it in the in the comments. <laughs> yeah, I noticed that. I'm like, bro, we. I'm I'm glad. I'm kind of glad we didn't, man. I'm, I'm, I don't don't tell him I said that, but I'm kind of glad we didn't because I mean we we we've been talking straight football for two hours, so right. I mean, it is what it is. I'll sneak I'll sneak something in the in the editing, man. I'll slide it in there, just you know manscape.com hey guys don't guys don't forget 4mr scaped 20 right that's that's the code all right go to manscape.com 4mr scaped 20 right put that in when when, it, when you check out when you get your cart all filled up with the goodies from manscape you check out you put that code in you will get 20 percent off your total and you will enjoy it your balls will thank you Yes. And we will thank you. But more importantly, your balls will thank you. So yeah, <laughs> it's getting hot outside. You can get that anti chafing element. Man, you, you know, get some the, the uh, Bushmaster, man. That, oof. No, you don't want no marination in you know it's, going on, you know. It's outstanding. Yeah, JD, JD got it in the feed, y'all. Four MR skate two zero, right? Get twenty percent off. Free shipping. Free shipping. All right. That's manscaped.com. And we really appreciate y'all, man. Real Definitely. talk. Real talk. That was that was awesome. And you heard Kevin and, and Sheena and uh, Vastai. I hope I hope you're listening and um you'll be there too the week after the draft. We're gonna talk, we're gonna talk, we're gonna talk. <laughs> it's gonna be interesting too, but I tell you. <laughs> man, so any parting shots, fellas? Hey man, thanks for joining us tonight, man. It's fun, man. Two hours. Shit. Mm. <laughs> Yeah. Pretty much said yeah. everything we need to say. In the off season at that, Jack. <laughs> right. <laughs> Imagine this came off came right. after a playoff right. game or something, man. We'd be on here all night. Right. Yeah. And I just want to thank all the friends, you know, all the people that's watching that's not Panther fans. I've seen a lot of them in the chats and the comments. I know I've been seeing a few people hit me up on um Messengers time how they enjoyed it. They didn't grab their popcorn. They they've uh, they thoroughly enjoyed it. So, you know, four man rush. We are about Panthers, but we appreciate y'all who are not Panther fans that still support us and hold us down. Definitely. Right. Um, and um, Chris, thank you for the comment, man. We're, we're, we're trying to get that together. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll have some um, swag gear coming out pretty soon. Um, we might even just, you know, have a, uh, have a, uh, like a, what's a, what's a, what's a um, one of those stores, but you can just, you know, order our stuff directly and it'll come straight to you. But we you know, yeah, it's coming. Hang in there, you you guys that have been dealing with us from from the from the jump. We got you. Don't even worry about it. Swag gear is coming. Swag gear is coming. Um. So hey, yeah, shout out to y'all hanging with us for two hours. Y'all are crazy. Two man. hours. <laughs> y'all in there chatting and talking and talking shit and all that good stuff, man. I love it. Hey man, that's how we do. Real. It's real. And uh, we, I guess we'll uh we'll live stream on Facebook and Twitter more often. Um. Be on the lookout for YouTube. Um, we're going we're gonna to drop this with a little production on YouTube tomorrow. Um, and we'll probably just chop it up into uh, little segments as we go on. But, to, yeah, we're just going to post the whole, the whole full 
uh, interview session from tonight, man. That this this was this was amazing. I, I really loved it. I it was it. epic, bro. I loved it. It was it was epic. And this is off season. Y'all wait for the real season to kick off. <laughs> Lord Jesus. Anyway, <laughs> so on behalf of the four man rush, man, we really appreciate y'all. Um, hang in there. You know, keep your spirits up. Uh, you know, if you haven't got a, uh, you know, got your COVID shot, go get that taken care of, man. Quit playing games with your life. It ain't fun. That's not cool. Um, shout out to uh, Carolina Blitz, uh, uh, Vashti, and uh, Sheena, man, and you know, of course, you guys. So, on behalf of Kevin, Will, myself, <laughs> go get that manscape and that ball jelly. Well, it's not jelly; it's more like ball deodorant, man. But you know, and they got ball toner, ball that toner. toner. Yeah. Ball deodorant, and then you got the clippers for your for your pubes as well, man. Real talk. <laughs> here it is. Here it is, people. Here it is. Tell them. Yeah, man. Go yeah, get man. that, man. Yeah, Help us pay yeah, our bills. Go get that, so we Go can blow this. up and give y'all free shit. Right. <laughs> give y'all some. We'll do free giveaway next time. I mean, you know what? That might be something we need to do. A post draft giveaway. Mm, of the uh, whole four man rush, I mean, uh, well, uh, four man rush manscape kit, right? The, the kit gets, that we got. We we might the most picks, right? Yeah. Hey, hey there we go. Picks, right? There right. we go. Yeah, be on the lookout for that, folks. We're gonna put that up pretty soon, man. We're gonna we're gonna come up with something for you guys, a little contest, and give you guys yeah. some free stuff. Yeah, right on. All right, so uh, yeah, y'all have a great evening. Um, take care of yourself, pet your dog. You know, wash your cat. And as always, keep pounding. She love it, we out in public and we can just chill with my partners and we can go back to my crib and just chill out the covers and do we come in you love us. The Foreman Rush is brought to you by the love and respect of and for the Carolina Panthers and Carolina Panther fans everywhere. Keep pounding. The Four Men Rush is a non-affiliate of the Carolina Panther organization. All thoughts, assessments, and content of this podcast is directly related to the Four Men Rush exclusively. Thank you.